A Norfolk Southern train consisting of 150 rail cars derailed and crashed at 8.55 p.m. on February the 3rd, 2023. The town of East Palestine, Ohio, has a population of about 4,700. Many residents could see the fire from their homes. Others parked nearby to watch the flames. What likely no one in town knew the night of the initial crash was that some of those train cars contained highly toxic chemicals. The next morning, as the fire raged on, more information came to light. Roughly 20 cars were listed as carrying hazardous materials, like vinyl chloride and butyl acrylate. The railway at the center of the derailment was Norfolk Southern Railroad. They presented two options, allow the fire to burn out but run the risk of deadly shrapnel if the cars exploded, or guarantee an explosion of the toxic chemicals in what officials referred to as a controlled release. Why'd you put air quotes under uh, controlled? Because it didn't seem very controlled. It seemed out of control. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro signed off on the controlled release. Residents within a one by two mile area of the crash site were forced to evacuate the town without knowing when they would be able to return. Three days later, around 4 p.m., the toxic train cars were set ablaze. The explosion looked like a nuclear bomb had gone off. Residents watched on live feeds in nearby safe locations as a pitch black plume of smoke rose into the afternoon sky. They returned home two days later. The surface of nearby creeks were scattered with oily rainbow bubbles and small fish floated belly up. If the local streams looked this dangerous, residents feared the safety of the well water that ran under the town. Officials said the air quality tests came back safe and the tap water was fine to drink. Are you confident enough, sir, that you yourself would drink it? Absolutely. Uh, If I was there right now, I would drink it. Uh, Look, the experts told us it would be a long shot if there's any problem with this water because these are deep wells that feed the municipal water supply there. Residents are back in town now, but they feel symptoms, not safety. We're still experiencing almost like your tongue was scalded, often on headaches. My family lives less than a half mile away from the tracks. People are getting sick. You'll get a headache. I started to get almost a tightness in my chest, like shortness of breath. DJ Yogli owns a sports streaming business in town. He welcomed us and said we were the first that agreed to conduct the interview inside. Immediately, we understood why. I can't even describe this smell. It's, it's, It's like a gas slash nail polish. The toxicologist came in on Sunday and said that it is butyl acrylate, uh, which is a toxin that was on the train, which is a smell that, if you go around town right now, continues to grow throughout Do you mind if we continue this interview outside of... Yep, absolutely. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's making me lightheaded. Yeah. Absolutely. Jeez. <laughs> it's making my eyes water. Yep. But this is the stuff that they tell us, you're it's okay. So yeah, you're good. People that I've seen on uh, some of the reports were saying, I've been told it's safe, but I can still smell it. So they're seeing that as a contradictory in terms or that there's a, you know, there's a problem, right? There's something new. But I think it's important to just consider that it may be at a concentration below what would be considered harmful. And so that's one of the questions that I still have out with the CDC and the EPA is what detection technologies are being used? What are the threshold values that are being utilized as the exposure guidelines for this incident to discriminate? This is safe. This is not safe. Dave Anderson lives in New Galilee, Pennsylvania, over four miles from the crash site. The damage went far beyond the evacuation zone. He wants answers. 
a common sentiment among residents after the explosion. My first phone calls were to local elected officials just trying to find information and, and not getting a response, getting recordings and no return phone calls. So um, obviously the concern and frustration starts to build. After videos of a contaminated local stream went viral on social media, Governor DeWine addressed the matter. A section of sulfur run that is very near the crash site remains severely contaminated. We knew this. We know this. He also said that what we're seeing happening in the local streams is the water being dammed in some places and rerouted with fresh water in others to divert around contaminated areas. These makeshift dams were installed after the controlled release to stop the contamination, rather than beforehand. However, signs like this around town have not instilled confidence in the safety of the residents. I mean, you come through town and the crooks have caution tape around them, and there's people in hazmat filtering the water. It doesn't seem safe. I mean, the numbers are coming back and they say that everything's okay, but it just doesn't seem that way. J.D. Vance was in town today, really good, taking yeah. the press and just answering questions. We have a community that's been affected by this tragedy that is justifiably very worried about what's going on. And so we need to give people confidence that this is a safe place to live, to work, to raise a family. We did actually go to Leslie Run Creek just to see what it looks like. And I gotta say, it really is worrying. I took a stick and I stuck it in the bed of the creek and pulled it along and chemical bubbled out of the ground. As for testing, many townspeople said that when the tests were conducted at their homes, the EPA and contractors from Norfolk Southern were in attendance. Senator, I've heard from some residents that they are experiencing testing involved with the EPA and Norfolk Southern, and it seems like a bit of a conflict of interest. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. So so what, what we've heard today, and this is something that I became aware of, I would say, last night, and we've tried to follow up on it today, is that the contractor that's doing a lot of the testing is employed by Norfolk Southern. Uh, understandably, a lot of people say, does that pose a conflict of interest? And so we're gonna run down a little bit whether there are alternative testing options and how to ensure that that conflict of interest doesn't mean that people aren't getting good tests. Is that something that is normal in, in the world of, you know, post-disaster testing? I think in a situation like this that is um, pretty grand in scale and scope that it, it does make sense that all available resources would be marshaled in order to try to get um, the most effective and swift response possible. I think that's perfectly reasonable because one may have resources that the other does not, for example. We're back in town now. You lifted the evacuation order. We're drinking the water. At least we need to know, are we safe right now? Are our children safe? to be able to be here. We just need people that are, are lo local leaders, regional leaders, state leaders, and federal leaders to step up to the plate and, and help us. We just want answers and they're not giving them. The village held a packed town hall in an attempt to provide clarity to residents. However, Norfolk Southern, the railroad at the center of it all, skipped at the last minute out of concerns for their safety. What about our safety, you know? and but. There was 50 state troopers there. There's our town police there. There was no reason for them to ever feel like they were in danger. They need to do the right thing. It starts by saying, we really screwed up because we don't really know the ramifications of what they did yet. We saw that plume of smoke go up. It's frightening. What is that gonna do to our kids and grandkids and possible birth defects and disease? I mean, God. Here's the one shot. The drone would have been Holy up crap. there. Isn't that insane? I noticed a residue, like on this, we have a white table on the porch, and so I wiped it. 
That's miles from the crash site. Yeah, it, it's, it's a way more significant event than, than people are letting on. After not getting answers from Norfolk Southern, Anderson and a few neighbors filed a lawsuit against the railroad company. His main complaints are potential long-term health implications to him and his family and the well-being of his farm. I have a married daughter. She's pregnant. She was here actually that night with us. You have to think about things like that and long-term health effects to your kids. I mean, that's your biggest concern always. Even though all the agencies that are performing testing and trying to make sure that the area is safe, I believe that they're doing everything that they can to do that in a safe, effective, and timely way. However, I still wouldn't let that overrule your five senses and your common sense. So if you taste something in the water or, you know, in the food, don't eat it. You know, if you're if you uh, experience unpleasant odors or vapors in your home, maybe go stay with some family for a little while. Health is top of mind for everyone. And while no one can say for certain if and how this could affect their health long term, business owners are seeing an immediate impact. This is a farm town. They're talking about the, the animals, the livestock, and there's a lot of people whose livelihood depend on those animals that if they're tainted in any way, they're done. I have 100 animals or more here. There's a whole list of farmers, dairy farmers, who their cows stopped giving milk and stopped eating for a couple days. This is literally my lifelong dream, to own a farm. I left home, went into service, got a great job, saved, I married a great person that her dream was to live in a house like the Waltons. And so that's what we worked for, and that's what yeah. we did. And you know, we have seven children we raise here. We grow 80% of our food here. It's all in jeopardy right now. I mean, seriously, you have to, you have to face it. But Kim's Honey Vine and Winery has yet to officially open for business. They plan to launch on St. Patrick's Day weekend. Their newly renovated winery sits across the street from the crash site. So that footage you just saw is from the pole that's over that direction. And it's showing the train tracks that are right over here, completely parallel with this road and with the front of this new restaurant. We've invested everything we've had put into this place. And we had private parties booked yeah. here and yeah. even weddings, people wanting to get married. And right across the street, you can see everything. You can see where they tore it up, where it all burned. Um, we have pictures from our cameras and you could just see the plumes of smoke for four days and then they lit it all on fire. And we have a patio area out, outside here and who's gonna wanna sit out there now and yeah. look at all this that's happened. Yeah. Within two days, the railroad was repaired and the first train barreled through downtown before residents were even moved back into their homes. Controlled burn was on Monday. So on Tuesday, there were replacement rails allowing trains to run through that area. You cannot dig out and clean up an area if it's covered by railroad tracks and there are trains going over it. So the fact that they replaced the rails, I think suggests they're much more focused in reopening the railway than in cleaning up this community. The day or the day of they, they released this to come back, within three minutes, the first railroad cars came through. Who thinks that's acceptable? I mean, I get upset when my kids bring home a C on a report card. Yeah. Uh, I get mad when I drop eggs in the kitchen, you know? Uh, where, where does this put me? I'm, I'm out of my mind. Corporations exist for profit for the shareholders, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there is moral responsibility 
professional behaviors. Professional behavior doesn't ignore risk. They understand, you would think, the uh, financial implications of hurting people, but they didn't seem to respond effectively. This is what criminals do. They make a mistake and then they go hide in their office and they try to figure out, weasel their way out of it. How can we not pay them? How can we pay this person to pay them off? We see it all the time, it's corruption. Call it whatever you want. I'm not a, totally like a conspiracy-minded person, but we, and I also know how real people work. We may just be a little flyover place or a place you drive by and don't stop, but the railroad doesn't do anything for us. It causes noise pollution for us. It causes traffic problems. Now we have big problems. Now it's business as usual for Norfolk Southern, but residents are still uncertain of East Palestine's future. I've lived here for 36 years and uh, in this house specifically for 15 years, me and my husband bought it when we were expecting our oldest. You know, this is all of our home and the kids love it here. They're very active and involved in stuff and it is heartbreaking to think about leaving, but uh, I'm also terrified to stay. Um, I, you know, I hope, I hope that's a possibility, but not sure, so. We spoke with a lot of local business owners too were concerned about, you know, is my town gonna be permanently toxic? Is, is, ever, is anyone ever gonna come back and wanna eat at my restaurant? Do you have any long-term projections of what you think the, the future of, of the town will hold in terms of its, its toxicity um, and, and other potential ramifications? I mean, if you think of other hazardous materials incidents that have happened across the U.S., many of those areas have bounced back to normal. So I, I don't think that just because there was a single exposure here means that the town is completely doomed. But I do agree that it's the response and the dissemination of information to the individuals who live there that will really help dictate how the community itself responds to the event. No fault to our leaders. I think they're doing the best they can. This is a lot bigger than our small town, and I think they need help. The government needs to be here, like, where's Joe Biden? I mean, where's the environmentalists? Where's the people yeah. that, where, why aren't, why aren't they storming the our town? And, and yeah. I'm calling out to you right now, where are you? Where yeah. are you? You worry about cooktops that <laughs> for, yeah. for gas. You worry about Cars. that. Where, where are you? The people yeah. that want to hug the trees. I love you guys. Where are you at? Yeah. Come out, come out. We understand it. Not everybody's gonna care. But would you care if it was your town? Would you care if it was your kids that you weren't able to, to give them drinking water? We're just looking to get hands in the pile right now. And if, if people wanna help us and say, hey, we're with you and we'll do whatever it takes. But at the top of that pile, better be our local leaders, better be our state reps, and better be our president.
Welcome to The Machine, everyone. I am your host, Mario, here with my co-host, Jeff Rowe. Journey with us as we adventure into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-host, Jeff Rowe. Jeff Rowe, how are you doing? All right, I guess. How's everybody else out there in podcast land that's not infiltrated with hazardous chemicals? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean... Who does know this one, Jeffro, this one hits very, very close to home. So close to home that, uh, this is this, this is the town that you and I grew up in. This is, we talk about this all the time here on the podcast, uh, about, uh, you know, the town that I live in now is what about seven, eight miles, maybe if that away from, uh, the Ohio train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, where you and I grew up. So, and uh, we're going to get deep into this one and just uh, let everybody know how deep this goes, what exactly is going on, because as we all know, and as we've said many times on the podcast, you can't trust mainstream media. This has gone far, far into that, and it's it's got to the point now where I feel it's turned into a circus, like they're purposely turning this into a political circus to take the... Uh, the attention away from the real story here. So you can't trust mainstream media. You can't even rely on them to report. You didn't have people reporting on this issue, mainstream media for upwards of two or three weeks after it happened. So who cares about trusting mainstream media? Can we, can we, they even report on important issues anymore? They just ignore them. No, I don't think we can. I don't think we ever really you could. Know what I'm so I mean, sorry, do... I'm, I'm jumping. In, I'm jumping into it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So we do have a clip uh, that we play at the beginning of this podcast, as we do many other podcasts. We we set up the the stage of the conversation, right? If you haven't heard what happened here, you've kind of been living under a rock, or you're not close enough to even you know let it. You're watching CNN. Well, <laughs> I, I'll I'll say this. The thing that irritates me the most, I think, about all this is once it got to mainstream media, uh, international or not international, but, uh, you know, well, you know, I, you hear about it. You, people were talking about it in other countries, I guess. You know, I, China had called this uh, America's Chernobyl is what this was being referred to as in China. Don't take some time to figure out if that's the case, but the, the, the right. visuals certainly seem that way. Uh, very dark, very end of days looking visuals, um, as well as those who live in EP. So just to give people the understanding, if you you know didn't really grasp exactly what happened, uh, there was a derailment. It happened in East Palestine, Ohio, just on the outskirts of East Palestine, Ohio, where you know Jeff Ron and I again we both grew up bulldogs. It derailed, right? So when it happened, everybody was you know. The whole the whole strip of this uh, of this railroad was blazing flames. It was on fire, like just huge flames you could see from at least a mile away. My daughter, uh, she lived off of Tiger Street right there where the derailment happened. And uh, it was about uh, just under a mile away. And, uh, you know, we weren't thinking too much of it. Nobody was really thinking too much of it. There was a derailment. At first, the first thing we heard was, uh, there was a derailment of a train that was carrying flammable fluids. Well, 
we were told or so we thought, I don't know if it was, you know, the, it was just word, you know, when things happen, you get word, you know, why is, why is this train on fire? You know, why is it blazing so hot? Why is there so many flames? Uh, the idea was that it was carrying fuel. There was a fuel tanker. Uh, and then we heard that, you know, it crashed next to a gas station, which wasn't the case, but you know how where it gets around and people, you know, muddy the waters and everything. Oh my God. It was so horrible. Oh my God. Uh, it was way worse. It was way, way worse. Uh, so this thing happened. It, it, it crashed. My daughter and her boyfriend come to my house. And, um, you know, as soon as it happened, there was a lot of confusion. My wife got a hold of a local church who put up the money to put her and her boyfriend up in a hotel in Salem, Ohio, which is, you know, a neighboring town next door where you actually live, put, put up the funds to have them you know, go stay there for uh, about a week. And uh, I think, what was it? Uh, the, the, the derailment happened on a second. And I want to say, was it the second? It was the second, right? My dates are so screwed up these the days. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, so anyway, two or three days later, this thing's, well, not two or three days, one or two days later, this thing's still blaze, still on fire. And I, nobody's knowing why, what's going on. It may have been the very next day. And then, um, we know that there's something much deeper, something way worse is happening. Something, something else is going on here. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't hear any real stories. You don't hear, I mean, it's been, it, we're talking at least a day. Nobody knows what's going on. The governor flies. Oh, I don't know if he flies or he drives or whatever. It's, it's hard to say what he does because his brain is so soft. You know, Mike DeWine. Comes in East Palestine, Ohio. The doors are shut for the majority of the time. He comes there and the doors are shut, Jeffro. He's talking to the people of Norfolk Southern, which was the railway company uh, that, that owns this railway and the train that derailed. And he comes back out hours after he was set to make a, uh, a statement to the people in the surrounding area and even on, you know, to the media. And they Did say you film too. <laughs> it, it was careful what you say. Yeah, right. I know I'm staggering around here because I know it sounds like I'm staggering around, and there is a reason for that. It's because for the longest time, you know, this was a gray, this was a gray area right at this point, right? Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew exactly what was going to happen. We just knew there was a train train derailment, and nobody was saying anything. Then we hear that these uh, train cars were filled with flammable chemicals. Where everybody's thinking, okay, well, what, what kind of chemicals, right? What, what are we talking about here? How bad is this? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's just flammable chemicals. Nobody, you know, nobody really talks about these. Things. Let me let me tell you something. I work in the pneumatic business, okay, where we sell pneumatic valves and connectors to go on those pneumatic valves. Now, these pneumatic valves, where's kind of where my specialty is, they they handle different types of air, gas liquids things like that so they have to be rated for certain things there were multiple different chemicals on on this uh train at least as far as we know now right because i mean even as time goes on we're still learning that, oh by the way this was chemicals on this train too so there were multiple different chemicals on this train one of the most popular that we're hearing about right now is the vinyl chloride 
right? Vinyl chloride right. is used to make polyvinyl chloride. It's like a PVC. It's a plastic, right? Uh, it is highly flammable and uh, decomposes to make toxic fumes. According to the National Library of Medicine, it is also a carcinogenic and can cause other health health issues. Now, I am reading this from Newsweek, which take it with a grain of salt. It is Newsweek, but this seemed to be the most the, the source that has the most detail to it. Now, one of the things they do leave out here is that it has been directly linked to liver cancer, directly linked to uh, brain cancer, directly linked to lung cancer. This particular chemical that everybody is uh, so up in arms and, and talking about is it's very, very dangerous. Uh, in the pneumatic field that I work in, we don't make a sealing material that can handle this chemical. It eats it. A lot of the sealing materials we deal with is like uh, FKM, Viton sealing material, uh, Nitro, Buna, NBR, uh, EPDM. If you don't know these things, it's that's perfectly fine. I'm just naming off some of the stuff so that people know, hey, you know, Mario knows what the fuck he's talking about here. This This particular chemical, it cannot be used in any of these sealing materials. Now, these sealing materials, they handle some pretty harsh chemicals including bleach and chlorine and things like that some stuff that just nasty stuff and this is way worse instead of being yeah. upfront and honest with people they keep everybody in the dark well they, and this shit is all still ablaze that, that, that's just one chemical this chemical was also just to give you an idea it was passed through osha laws that somebody could be around this chemical just around it at uh what was it like uh one part per eight million or whatever which is very very small amount for or no, it was one part per million for eight hours or something like that right i'd have to look at the osha law again i believe that's correct now we're talking about what did they say it was like five cars of this stuff and we're talking about like f so many millions of gallons of this stuff that just caught a blaze there were five train cars full of this shit and let's say each train car is carrying about a, a you know, it's in a high number of this chemical that burns at seven degrees fahrenheit one of the worst things you could do is light this shit on fire because once it's lit on fire it turns into a gas right jeffro we've learned this right it turns into yes it turns into phosgene phosgene so the phosgene gas was used in World War One to uh, <laughs> exterminate enemies. Right? It was in mustard gas, wasn't it? Yeah, You're right. It wasn't in a yeah, it was in mustard gas. We're just talking about one of the chemicals still. So they take wow. this stuff, right? Dewine comes out and he says. Governor Mike DeWine issuing an urgent evacuation notice for anyone within a mile of a train derailment in the eastern part of the state. That derailment happened in East Palestine last friday a norfolk and southern train came off the track caught fire in that village there well according to the notice well most people in the uh, radius of that they have already evacuated but local officials said that there are more than 500 residents who have declined to leave their homes so in an update this afternoon the governor ordered those to leave the area before 3:30 this afternoon saying a controlled release was going to happen at the derailment site DeWine said the toxic chemicals would be released if inhaled and they could be deadly. Those in the red area 
are facing grave danger of death if they are still in that area. Those living in the orange area are at risk of severe injury, severe injury including skin burns and serious lung damage. DeWine has activated the Ohio National Guard to assist at this scene. I got an alert on my phone. Everybody in the surrounding area did. You have to evacuate East Palestine. Okay, this is bad. What are you going to do? What's happening? Well, we're going to, instead of waiting for it to explode, we're going to light it on fire. We're going to call it a uh, control burn. First off, I have an issue with that term. How the hell do you create a controlled chemical burn? that you're releasing these chemicals into the atmosphere. Call that controlled to me. Go ahead, and I'll call you a liar easily. There's there's a point in time when you got to look at it and say, listen, we, we fucked up royally here. This is really, really bad. Lives are at stake. Nothing is controlled about this. We're going to eat this. They're not going to say that to the people because then they're admitting you know, deep, deep liability. So anyway, they evacuate everybody. And just to give everybody an idea of what else was uh, what we're being told was on this train was also a uh, butyl butyl acrylate. Now I may be butchering some of these chemicals. Forgive me. Uh, butyl acrylate is a clear liquid that is used for making paints, sealants, and adhesives. It is flammable and can cause skin, eye, and respiratory irritation. There's another chemical that you know just floating up in the air. They decide they're going to light on fire. Um, this one's going to be brutal for me. Ethyl hexyl acrylate. Ethyl hexyl acrylate. Jesus. A colorless liquid used to make paints, plastics, causes skin, respiratory irritation, and under moderate heat can produce hazardous vapors. Right? Moderate heat, huh? Yeah. Oh, moderate. Moderate heat. That's not, you know mixing it with all these other chemicals, setting it ablaze into the atmosphere, right? And uh, one more chemical that we know of right now, ethylene glycol monobutyl, a colorless liquid used as a solvent for paint and inks, as well as some dry cleaning solutions. It is classed as a acutely toxic able to cause serious or permanent injury in highly flammable vapors can irritate the eyes and nose ingestion can cause headaches and vomiting those are the chemicals that we are told this is before they make the decision to set all the shit on fire they already know what's on this train they already know what's carrying you know what this train was carrying they already know this is a bad situation they brief mike dewine on us he, mike dewine is not a leader first off okay and uh, if you're a supporter of, you know, this, this governor, that's fine. I'm okay with that. You know, you, you make the uh, decision of the lesser of the evils. Maybe he was lesser of the evil in your mind. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is this guy has no idea what the hell he's talking about or what the hell's going on here. All he knows is what he's being told from the good folks at Norfolk Southern and how to handle this situation, right? So he's just going to go with whatever the hell they tell him. He has no idea what's going on or how to how to handle this situation. Let's be clear. Let's be honest. They make the decision to trust the experts, right? Right, trust the experts. The, it was because it wasn't the experts that got us into this mess in the first place, right? But they make the decision to have, evacuate the area. Luckily, you know, my daughter's already out there. Which, by the way, my my wife had gone in to help her get her and her boyfriend and her cats out. 
And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit and her symptoms and what happened with her. They call this thing a controlled burn, Jeffro. This thing was a plume of black darkness covering this whole small town. And we're, we're talking about a residency of maybe 4,700, right? It's a very small town. Black, black, black darkness. And I mean, you think of the darkest clouds that you can during a thunderstorms and make it even darker. It was like night. You couldn't see shit in midday. If you look right. up some of the, uh, if you look up some of the, uh, the images, I'm sure you can find them on Google or whatever on the internet. You're going to see some of these images and you're going to say, oh, well, it was an overcast that day. No, no, it wasn't. The, the dark, dark black cloud was surrounded by other clouds that kind of dissipated into the atmosphere because that's what they were doing. They were releasing toxic chemicals into the atmosphere, into the local uh, water reservoirs, everything. And, uh, you know, many people have made the claim that what they basically had done is nuke this small town and doom the surrounding areas. Because one, the idea is to try to get back to normal anytime something like this happens or anytime a quote unquote pandemic happens. Right. You want to get back to normal. You want to fix things. You want to you want to put things right where they belong. There's a right way of doing things and there's a wrong way of doing things. First thing you have to understand is that this is very, very, very bad. Somebody has to take responsibility. Um, I don't know exactly where you, where the outline of this is going to go, and I, I don't want to jump ahead of you, but you said a lot of things in there that kind of sparked thoughts in, in my mind. First off, uh, one of the things you were talking about was the mixing of chemicals. Now, in basic chemistry, just you know, basically what everybody learns in school and high school and whatnot, we, we were all taught that benign chemicals aren't always benign, right? And one of the things that they're telling us is, uh, well, these chemicals individually, you know, they're toxic, but, you know, they're short-lived, they're short half-lives. But in school, I remember certain chemicals that interact with something as benign as water will explode. And I think one of the elements that people aren't really taking into consideration, at least in, in the public, is this. You've got four or five extremely combustible elements, right? Mm. So if something can completely change its chemical compound when added to something else. Not only that, completely change into a new, new chemical like this vinyl chloride turning into phosgene. But what happens when you get five different hazardous chemicals combined? What's, this, what's the new state? They're saying, oh, well, it's, it's these five different chemicals. And I am, I'm not even going to play you know, chemist and try to repeat the, the name that you, you uh, said there. But just... Logically, you combine all those, and then you light them on fire. Now you've got a completely different uh, exotic chemical compound. And in, in studies, and, and I'm, I'm even looking, uh, truck drivers, we get this, uh, whether you're hazardous material or not, you get an emergency response book. And I'm just looking in here, some of those chemicals, and... <laughs> None of the guidances are good. <laughs> None of them. They're like evacuate immediately, uh, hazardous breathing, hazardous uh, heavy chemicals get into the environment, uh, extend life of the chemicals. It, it's just so, – so my question is – one of the questions that was was uh, peeking in my mind whenever you were talking was, yeah, maybe vinyl chlorine, right, which is the major one here or the one that had the most uh, volume. Is the most is attention. benign in the half – 
yeah, it's the one that's getting the most attention. Maybe it's benign on itself after it's burned. But then you burn it, it turns into something else. So what 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 are the effects of that chemical into the environment? And then that's not the only chemical. Like you said, whenever you create this stew of hazardous uh, soup, everything changes. The 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 flame the flame you know flammable point changes. The 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 byproduct changes. Um, it, it and and no one has ever I don't that I know of you know, ask the question, okay, individually, maybe some of these things are, aren't as bad as it looks, but what happens when they are all combined? Because what what people have to understand is what they actually did with these five cars, right, was they emptied them out. They dug a trench. They dug a trench on the track, okay? Now, I don't know if they lined it or not. I I, I don't even know if you can line you know, put put some sort of liner down that's going to not deteriorate underneath, you know, these chemical uh, compounds. But what we know is they dug a trench and they filtered all this shit into this trench. And that's where they did the quote-unquote controlled burn, which even with firefighters, nothing's a controlled burn. It's just a proposed no. burn, right? But they're right. they're being very selective with their language whenever they're talking to the public. So it, it's a it's a proposed burn, even even in firefighting. Uh, matter of fact, um, you talked about your daughter living there. Uh, that's just one example. We we have a lot of friends and family. I've I've got right, a cousin right. who her husband is in the East Palestine Fire Department, right? And she lives on Clark Street, literally a mile away from this. Like the railroad tracks are actually on her street, like four hundred, three hundred feet in front of her house, and then. This incident happened about a, about a mile down the rail line, but um, their their hazardous suits started to deteriorate within just a few hours of trying to fight this thing, or, or I don't even know if they were trying to fight it. You know, details are sketchy. Uh, they, they may have just been in the presence of the fire. You know, trying to quarantine people away from being it because I don't even know if you can really fight it. But regardless, they're they're whatever they were protective wear they were using didn't last very long. So whatever no. the protocol, whatever, whatever, hey, listen, you know, where are these hazardous suits and an instance of a chemical fire and, and you know, they're going to protect you. Well, whatever parameters they use to go ahead and determine that, they weren't accurate. And I believe Norfolk Southern actually came in and said, oh, we'll replace all of your wear, fire department, all your hazardous chemical wear pretty quickly after all this happened. But I'm just using that as an example, right? We also have a very close friend uh, whose family lives on South Street, which is less than a mile, which is actually where I grew up. Um, so they're just blatantly telling all these people, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. You know, here's a chemical that spilled. Here's, you know, a list of chemicals that spilled. And as you and I have discussed back and forth, they've been really shady about all of this, this, this whole plan from the very beginning because they've been reluctant to even want to divulge anything. So now that they're, they're being forced to divulge, divulge something, we, we've seen this playbook before. Who's to say that they're not divulging the entire list? Right. And, and, and Jeff, oh. I'm going to get there, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to come in here and, and 
because there's some things that again the people weren't being told nobody was being told there's actually you know cover up on certain things that uh, i could speak truthfully on and say for certain and i'd like to do that uh, i definitely would like uh, yeah, to do okay, that now. Yeah. and that's I, you know i am on the road so i'm i'm divorced from some of this information that mario uh isn't on so uh, that's why i said at the beginning i didn't want to Oh, buddy, if, get if, too far ahead, but I wanted to throw in, throw in what what some of the questions and and thoughts that you sparked. If if I had the option to be on the road, if I could take my family and be on the road right now, I definitely would do that. Uh, I know I said that I live in, uh, I'm in Columbiana, which is a neighboring town, right? And like I said, it's about uh, uh, seven eight miles away, whatever. It's it's not safe in a surrounding area, and even a bigger radius from there. And I'll get into that, but. Uh, Going, I'm going to jump back to the very beginning before the train actually derailed. There's actual footage of the train axle on fire. It's on fire, you know, way before uh, we got footage in Salem, Damascus area. So this train, to give you an idea, yeah. the train tracks coming from Salem. To it give goes you an through. Idea, that's exactly where I live. Right. So it goes through Salem. There's footage of this uh, axle caught on fire, which the video has been taken down many times. They're trying to silence everybody trying to share this information. Uh, but there's video of it on fire in Salem. There's video of it on fire in Letonia, which is the next town over. There's video of it in Columbiana, which is the town I live in. And then you go into New Waterford, East Palestine area, right? Um, yep. There have been people who have come out that work for the railway that says that that are saying that this was completely unsafe. They knew it was unsafe from the start. Uh, different areas where they do maintenance in Indiana. Some of the folks there are coming out uh, and, and trying to be clear about this, saying that they know that this was unsafe and it should not have happened. That is That, that was information before even the controlled, quote-unquote, control burn, right, which we all know is bullshit. That is information that was consistently trying to be taken away from the public eye because like i said anytime everybody anyone shared some of this uh this video footage i don't know if you can share it now or not since it's blown up so much no pun intended but uh they they were taking it down people you know different uh media sources different uh, social media sources i know facebook was one of them that was consistently taking this video down why i don't know um why why you know one hand washes the other, maybe. I, I don't know, but it was too early for me to even say, hey, how could you immediately call this bogus without knowing if it's bogus or not, and why would you take it down? After this speech from DeWine, uh, we're going to do a control burn. Everybody get out of the area. You know, We're going to evacuate. They evacuate this area, Jeffro, right? And like you were saying, they were digging a trench. They start burning this shit. This is some nasty, nasty stuff. And it's to your point, it takes a different compound after it's burned or when it's exposed to other elements. Now, vinyl chloride is one of those chemicals that uh, clings to hydrogen, right? So when they release this, and there's there's hydrogen in the atmosphere, when they release it, it turns into phosgate. Uh, was it, how do you pronounce it? Was it phosgate or? Phosgene. 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 I'm thinking phosgate. I don't know why, but phosgene, yeah, is a gas because it's a respiratory thing. As it said, you know, the, 
one of the issues that you have if you're around this stuff you breathe it in it gets into your water it clings to water you breathe it in because there's there's water in the air it's hydrogen you're going to breathe it in and guess what when you breathe this stuff in even though you can't see it you can't well i'm sure the folks in east palestine can smell it i could tell you that for sure surrounding neighborhoods yeah. just because you can't see it and you don't smell it and you don't live in east palestine it does not mean you're not breathing it in it, it's causing some serious issues and there's going to be a long-term effect to this we all know that and that's where the biggest to me that's that's the most dangerous part of this so they do this control burn what was it about a day or two later after they burn this thing after you go online look at these these photos these videos day or two later i want to say about two days later maybe three i don't know it, whatever it was it wasn't long enough they tell everybody okay you can go back home now time to go back home everything's yeah. fine everything's good you have dead wildlife all around your town. It looks like uh, a nuclear disaster. There, the fish in the creeks are belly up. There's rainbow water and all the water in the creeks. You know there's chemicals inside of it. Uh, foxes are dying. Chickens are dying. Cats, animals in East Palestine, Ohio, they're dropping dead because it's safe to go back home. It's not safe. It never was safe to go back home. It wasn't safe to be there as soon as that happened in the first place. My wife would come home after helping my daughter get out of there. And the very oh. next night, she was experiencing some serious uh, headaches, which a lot of people have been experiencing headaches more and more frequently now that this shit is in the air. People have been breathing it in. You have no choice. There's no option to get air in another place if the air outside of your home and the town that you live in is contaminated. She comes home right, the very is, next night. This is a heavy chemical, right? So it's going to it's going to last a while. I if I had to give a guesstimate, and I'm not a chemist or anything, but I do know that these things lie around in the air in the water, just like any other chemical. I I would easily say 15, fifteen to twenty years. I maybe more, maybe less. I don't know, but I, that's that's where I'm going to ballpark it to give an understanding. Right? It's not just going to go away. Two three days later, after a uh, after a release chemical burn into the atmosphere, it's not just going to go away in a few days. It's not going to happen. But anyway, she comes back home, and the next night she's coughing up uh, a black substance and vomiting blood. She has headaches. Really? Oh, buddy, it was it was horrible. It was it was absolutely horrible. I tried convincing her to go, you know, to the ER to get seen. She wouldn't do it. She just kept saying, you know what? I, th I think I'm going to be okay. I just need to get it out of my, out of my system. I think I'm going to be okay. You can only help somebody so much, you know, and she, she did her best to help our daughter get out of there. And just a small, small time that she was there, they were bad. You know, my daughter had the three cats. She was taking three cats out and helping her get some of her stuff out of there. Yeah, it's not good. It's very bad. And about a few days after that, she develops these uh, this rash on her eyelids. Her eyes start to kind of swell up like she could feel her heartbeat in her eyes, um, which is another side effect from breathing this shit in that you'll hear this a lot coming out of uh, the mouths of people in Clo uh, not Columbia, but East Palestine. She experiences this and she has a, a nurse and a doctor look at her eyes and uh, they classify this as a chemical burn on her eyelids. 
she's been having irritation of her eyes even after that. She don't even live in East Palestine. This is just the short time that she well, I, I guess it wasn't a real short time, but it was enough time to help our daughter get out of there. So she's experiencing all these things. As much as this thing has continued to try and be downplayed, I'll say this. They got everybody back. And I'm wondering to myself, Jeff Rowe, why are they telling everybody it's it's okay to go back home? This is way too early. This doesn't sound right to me. And then it clicked. The first thing this company did, this company that cares so much about the people that they fucking ruined their lives on, the first thing these people did was rebuild their railroad that they destroyed. That was the first fucking thing these people did. The first thing. Business must go on. They didn't think of how this was going to impact property value because they don't care. They didn't think of how this was going to impact local business, impact local businesses, which I know some people that have local businesses around here, uh, a young lady that I grew up with in East Palestine. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but she, oh, she has like a winery business, right? You really think those grapes are going to be good? But the first thing this multi-billion dollar fucking company does is rebuild their railways. Now, now that we've destroyed the railroad, because we had to do a quote-unquote control burn to quickly get it out of the way and get it handled. We got to rebuild the railroad. So what do they do? They rebuild the railroad. What do they do next? Well, you got to put trains on that railroad, right? You have to make money. These cars got to pass through. And you can't pass uh, a, a vehicle through a, an, evacu- an evacuated area. You have to lift the evacuation so what do they do is they tell everybody it's okay to go back home when it's damn well not fucking safe to go back home it is not safe there it is not safe there now it was not safe when this shit was going down and i can tell you that firsthand it is not safe now i am surrounded by a lot of people that refuse to believe that something so horrible and catastrophic could happen there around them or impact their lives, even in the neighboring towns. But let me tell you something, this is not good and this is not over and we will continue to see much of the fallout from this. But the first thing they did was tell everybody they'd go back home. Why? So they can move these fucking trains over their damn track in an area that they destroyed. But let's also keep in mind here, uh, when they set this chemical, burned it off, it goes up and what goes up must come down, right? So law, right? one of the reports that I saw, yeah, well, one of the reports I saw, an element that you're you're speaking on, when you bury this shit, right, mm-hmm. it's at least in that area, it's got to be permanently in that soil, right? So as you were saying, and, and as they've been telling us, uh, make sure you clean all your surfaces and everything because it sticks and it adheres to surfaces. And this is a discussion that I've had with people out on the road, and I can't tell you how many times standing in line at, at a truck stop to pay for, you know, supplies that I'm getting, I look over my shoulder and they have uh, a reference to the, to the train dream room. And I ask, man, that's so crazy. I can't believe that's happening. Kind of just trying to spark a conversation. And most people look at it and go, I don't even know what that is. And I said, and I, I can constantly gasp at the idea that no one even knows this is happening. And, you know, since this has happened, I've been all throughout uh, the Eastern United States, um, so the, the fact that people aren't even aware of this issue is, is I'm flabbergasted by it. But 
more so to that point is this. Whenever you bury those chemicals, anytime that area is agitated, maybe it's not in the air anymore, right? I, just hypothetically, even though we, we both know it is. But the heavy material, the heavy chemicals, if they're in the soil, as soon as that soil is agitated, it's going to kick up into the air. And the report I saw was, uh, I believe it was on Tucker, uh, there was a girl who lived near the tracks, and they came and, and tested her air. And they said, oh, no, your air is fine. And then shortly thereafter, a train was going by and just picking up all of this material. And as soon as that train went by, their sensors went off. Yeah, it was so, a crazy level. An unhabitable, crazy level. unhabitable label, level. Right. Excuse me. So what they're doing is they're cherry picking the data, right? They're cherry picking the data and they're going to areas where they know the water is safe and they're, and they're saying they're testing the water there, right? And another uh, report I saw was East Palestine and in our particular area where we live geographically, East Palestine, since it's so close to the water basin, is one of the few communities in the area that doesn't have a lot of clay uh, deeper in the levels of the soil, right? And there was some sort of survey that was done probably it, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact numbers so forgive me if i don't have the exact numbers but it was approximately 10 years ago where um, the water management made the uh, assessment that hey listen the well water for this particular community is not well protected because there's not a lot of red clay in the deeper levels of, of their uh, ground so they were given some sort of $62,000 stipend to uh, you know, beef up the security of their well water. And it's just funny to me that this community already suffers from uh, bad city water. And now they have this, this event happen and in a city where the water is already compromised on a regular perfect condition day. Now this, this compromisation comes in where you have these chemicals it, it, it's going to have e even easier access to that well water, right. right? And if they're heavy chemicals, they're burying the shit. Who knows how deep it is? Uh, the, this this brings me to my point. This is something I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. Uh, you know, we've disclosed. You know, we we've tried in the past not to disclose where we live, jokingly. But uh, I mean, at this point, with this happening, it, it's almost it's almost difficult. And you were you were speaking on the fire of the train tire rotted tire uh that actually passed my house less than two miles uh that 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 foundry company i believe it was butech bliss or bliss uh the camera that caught that that industrial park is literally half a mile from my house and then i think uh, the facilities deeper into the park the uh, industrial park but that that went right through our town Stunning new video is raising questions about the condition of rail cars involved in it, the fiery train derailment that happened last week in Ohio. Yeah, you may recall residents were forced to temporarily leave their homes after the train derailed in East Palestine. I know they say it, Palestine is where they say it there, earlier this month, uh, releasing hazardous chemicals. And the video on your screen now shows uh, that the train appeared to be on fire this is interesting. 20 miles before it reached the site where it actually went off the tracks, derailed. Now, the footage uh, on your screen is captured by a security camera at an equipment plant uh, in Salem, Ohio. 
Let's bring in Erica Moke. She's a reporter for our Pittsburgh affiliate KDK-TV. Erica, what can you tell us about what this video is all about, what it shows, and what new questions does it raise? Yeah, so the video that you're seeing is from Butech Bliss, and as you mentioned, it's an industrial equipment facility. Um, you're seeing those sparks on a portion of the train, and as you mentioned, where this facility, where this video was shot, is about 20 miles from East Palestine, where that derailment happened, right? So the camera, when the train is passing that camera, when the footage was captured, this was around... 8.12 that evening, the derailment happened, as I mentioned, 20 miles later at around 8.55. So this brings up the question of, okay, when was the crew on board made aware that there was an issue? So this brings up the issue of the detectors, which are alongside the tracks. And these detectors are in place so that the crew on board knows if there is something that is malfunctioning, if there is something that they need to be aware of, because if they're aware of that, it's to help them avoid situations exactly like the one that we are talking about here. Now, I spoke to a retired Norfolk Southern um, railroad engineer, and he was saying that these detectors are placed about every 20 miles. So we're right in that zone where we're questioning, okay, where was the detector? When was the crew alerted to an issue? We do know that the crew did get an alert. So anytime there is an issue on the tracks, that crew is alerted. Those detectors alert the crew on board. And when there is an alert, they do need to stop the train, in some cases, immediately. Now, what this retired Norfolk Southern um, engineer was saying is that basically they were looking at, in this video, what could be considered a hot wheel. These detectors can detect if there is some sort of difference in temperature, right? So he believes that if the detector was in the area where we're seeing that hot wheel, the crew should have been notified right away. The question is, if it was hot enough at the time when it went over the detector to notify them in time, or if they had already gone over that detector in, say, Salem, the Salem area, um, before that wheel started to spark and get hot. Like I said, we do know that there was an alert that was passed on to the crew. But again, it comes down to the question of where that detector was, how quickly they were able to get that message, and then ultimately stop that train. So those are the questions that are coming up now and definitely something that the, the NTSB is looking into. They've talked with the crew members on board to see what alerts they got when they got them. And they'll also be reviewing um, inward facing cameras on that train and audio recorders to determine if their actions match up with what exactly they were supposed to be doing on that train when they get those alerts. Wow. Erica Mokai, thank you so much uh, for that thorough explanation. We'll, we'll stay tuned. And as you said, you, you live literally half a block from the railroad. Sometimes when we record, we got to kind of wait until right. the train passes, right? Right. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Uh, um, a matter of fact, uh, and again, a lot of these stories, we're, we're, we're trying to give some personal stories here uh, for the audience because I, I can't believe, essentially, um, we have a we we provide you know entertainment and, and information for people and our our title of our podcast is conspiracy theory and i never thought we were actually going to be doing something so close to home uh, so this is sort of a mind meld for me i'm i'm 
I wake up every day thinking this is crazy. I can't believe this is actually going on, you know, in the area that I live in and with the people that I love. Um, but my brother works at a, a company called is a meat packing company in Salem, uh, Freshmark, and along the railway, I believe there are these devices called hot boxes. They're sensors that detect if there's something wrong with a passing train. And when this train went through that area, Freshmark is literally right on the tracks. At one time, I believe, where their the facility is, they must have used a rail yard as part of their transportation service. No longer, it's all trucks, all semi-trucks. But, you know, it's, it's kind of one of the small eastern uh, United States towns that, you know, a lot of the, the foundries and everything are built up around the rail yard. And there were people up in the dispatch office of the, of the trucking department of this of this company that had an oversight and saw this train and reported it. Now, I guess they reported it, and, and I, I don't know where it went from there, but it seems that this company, Norfolk Southern, knew of this flame, or at least somebody knew of what was going on prior to because these hot boxes were firing off they were they were signaling something was going on and there was a source of heat coming you know from from the train and they just they just continued and it, another sort of connection is uh, my my mom her family grew up in conway pennsylvania um and that's where this train yard was going there's a huge train yard that my grandfather worked at for years and my uncle worked at for 20 or 30 years uh, right there in Conway, Pennsylvania, right on the river. So this, this, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place. Everybody, I'm, I'm normally pretty focused on on stuff. So I'm just, I got a lot of things going through my mind. But I, I, to go back to what I was trying to say, the the one, the one thing that I wanted to go ahead and get out on this this podcast is the people of East Palestine are suffering terribly. But for those of us who think this is an East Palestine problem. Were gravely mistaken because those train cars, as Mario said, most important thing to the tr rail yard, the rail company, was to get that line open again. Now, if all that, if the, if the mass amount of material that was buried is under the rail line, how are you going to remove that if you've got a rail line going over it? You're not. And not only that, you're going to have train cars going through the area, and this company obviously isn't interested in doing anything on a slow pace. So do you think every single time one of those those trains go through that area, arrive in Conway, Pennsylvania, do you think they're going to sanitize those cars? No. And if, if we're talking about an issue where every time the area is disturbed and material is kicked up, into the air and it adheres to surfaces. Can you only imagine how many train cars months and months and months down the road are going to be going across that rail line, going to be kicking up material and attaching itself to those train cars? And do you think but, those train cars are relega relegated to just East Palestine, uh, Eastern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania? No. I'm telling you guys, those of us who live near any Norfolk Southern training lines in the eastern United States, up in Virginia and up and down the eastern seaboard, you're going to have a contaminated car coming to, a, coming to an area close to you 
very soon. Definitely. And what about uh, what about just gusts of wind? Right. We can see this happening if it's in the water, if it's in the dirt, it's in the soil. A gust of wind can, you know, come by, and wind doesn't always just travel in one direction like many people are so, uh, you know, dumbfoundedly making statements on. Look, for the most part, yeah, you know, you could say that uh, the wind travels west to east, but that's the wind goes all over the place, right? It, it goes everywhere. So you can get a gust of wind moving from one direction to the other direction, and you're just carrying these chemicals all over the area. Now, one of the things that we did see was whenever this stuff was lit, uh, you know, set ablaze, uh, this big plume, you know, it started to move east uh, as, you know, you would expect a cloud to. But we're talking about, let's call it a death cloud, right? And it moves over um, Darlington, which is right next to neighboring town to East Palestine, because we're right on a PA line. And just to give people an idea about uh, East Palestine, it's a uh, it's a very low income area. It's uh, these these are humble people. These are nine to fivers. These are workers. These are um, very they're very humble, very, very very modest people, right? But Jeffrey, you and I grew up in this town, and we both know. The one thing you don't want to do is awaken the beast. And East Palestine, we've always said it was the people of East Palestine were like that. You know, they they will be modest, they will be content in their own way. Do not, do not mess with these people. And that's exactly what's happening here. People are getting irate. People are getting stupid in one case, because I've seen different people on social media talking about blocking the railways to teach the you know, Norfolk Southern a lesson, you know, stop their trains. That's a bad idea. That's very illegal. You don't do that. These people, they, they don't, you know, they're not thinking rationally, right? I'm, I'm not trying to speak down on anybody, but I just want to get this message out there. Do not do this. This is not a good idea. So this, this cloud moves, right? It continues to move east, northeast. Some of it anyway, because it starts splitting off and it goes all over the place. And then we start hearing reports of uh, acid rain over in uh states of massachusetts and um right those areas uh, where story of kentucky and down in lexington birds were falling out of the sky lewis valley right birds are falling out of the sky just dropping dead out of the uh the rainy skies guys i don't know what to think about this right now but i'm in lexington kentucky and i'm about five hours south of east palestine where the trains derailed and released toxic chemicals into the air well, it's a heavy overcast today in Lexington, and it's raining, and birds are falling out of the sky and dying in the parking lot right now. Look. So if y'all want to help me out and share this video, that'd be great. People in Massachusetts and as far as up into Ontario, they're talking about uh, enamel being taken off of their vehicles because now you have this hydrogen that's mixed with this vinyl chloride coming down over people's vehicles and it's eating away at the enamel oh, oh by the way this is completely safe this is all okay this is good oh it's all safe it's all good so what are they doing what do they decide to do what is the the railway company because what do they decide to do it's, it's nobody else's responsibility but these people they fucked up big time here what do they decide to do well, they set up in a local area to try to help aid people with housing or whatever for as long as they can um, by their uh, 
groceries because now everybody, you know, they, they turn the power off in the town for a few days. Anything they had in their refrigerators is shit. They, people need help cleaning up because so now they're trying to help people with cleaning supplies. And that all sounds good, right? That, that sounds like a good thing. You should be doing this. This is your fault. How did they do that, Mario? Well, I'll give you a bit of an idea. Okay. Before, okay. before I get into that, exactly. You mentioned of uh, the testing. You know, people right. who go in there and test the water, they test the air, you know, which sounds good. You want to make sure all this stuff is okay. Here's the problem with that. It's Norfolk Southern hiring a third-party contract place to come in here, test all of these levels. And now if, if somebody owns property and they want their property tested personally, like say, you know, they go to Norfolk Southern and say, hey, can you test my property to make sure my place is okay, it's safe, I want to let my dogs out, whatever. They'll do that. But you have to sign off on any lawsuit. Now, there have been people right. who have done this. One, the, the problem here is you have a company that hires another company, their own personal interest company, to come in and test levels. There's no oversight. So no. whether it's safe or not, whether it's safe or not, they're not going to tell you. You're not going to get an actual, honest, direct answer. You're going to get an answer. You're going to get the answer they want to give you. It was the same thing. When you and I were talking about this, we both looked at each other and we go, oh, so the 9-11 commission. Same thing happened there. Right. When they told all of those people it was okay to go in there and start cleaning up, and they found out that, hey, guess what? We go in there, and we're hired to go in there and clean up some of this stuff, and we see people in hazmat suits, and you're wondering, why are these people in hazmat suits? Which, by the way, there were people in hazmat suits, these people doing these surveys. In hazmat suits. Right. But they're telling everybody else it's okay to go in there. Right? Well, uh, same um, thing. Just just, just, just to highlight your point. Um, and I've, I've, I've shared this clip with family and friends because uh, it seems, and I, I think we'll get into this a little bit more, but it seems like you have two types of people. Uh, and, and it's almost flipped. Right? Uh, in East Palestine, you have people who just want to believe everything's okay. They want to believe the authorities. Right? So they'll 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 regurgitate everything they're hearing on TV and like hey they said it's safe it's they said it's safe that's yeah. not the majority in East Palestine the majority of people in East Palestine are furious but then whenever you get outside of East Palestine you have the opposite it flips right uh, you get people outside of East Palestine saying oh well this is an East Palestine problem this isn't a Colombian problem this is an East Palestine problem this isn't a Springfield problem an East Palestine problem. This isn't a you know Lisbon problem. This isn't a Salem problem. This is an East Palestine problem. And you have the majority of people saying, "Oh, it's safe. It's safe. It's safe." And there's only a few people like you and I that are saying, "Hey, listen, this isn't as safe as we're being told." And 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 the clip that I like sharing with everybody comes from the famous movie Aaron Brockovich, right? And it's a powerful scene where Aaron uh, Aaron's character uh, talks to a female character, a mother who I, I believe she's in. Uh, CSI Vegas or something like that. Uh, if, if people are referencing the characters or the actresses, and she, Aaron Brockovich's character goes to her and says, "Hey, listen, these are the actual results that I were able to, I was able to get with an independent party, and the water is not safe. Uh, there's hexavalent chromium or something. I forget the chemical that was in the water. And the, and the, the mother, the resident of uh, the area, 
said, well, they kept telling us it's safe. It's safe. It's safe. We, we've, we've been getting results and uh, we go to doctors and they tell us it's safe. It's safe. And then Aaron Brogovich looks at her and says, who paid for those doctors? Who paid for that study? Who paid to, to get the water tested? And then she, continues to shake her head and then she looks down and then she looks out at her children out in the front yard that are swimming in their you know, family swimming pool and she you know a bright light bulb comes up and she rushes outside and, and, and screams to her children to get out of the pool and you say that this stuff this hexavalent chromium well it's poisonous yeah well Aaron it's it's just got to be different than than what's in our water, cause cause ours is okay. The guys from from PG and E told me they sat right in the kitchen and, and and told me that it was it was fine. I know, I know, but the toxicologist that I've been talking to, he gave me a list of problems that can come from hexavalent chromium exposure. Everything you all have is on that list. No, no, no. No, that's that's not what that's not what our doctor said. He said that well, that one's got absolutely nothing to do with the other. But PG&E paid for that doctor. what's going on here that I, I think you know i don't want to speak for you mari but that's sort of what you're saying here yeah that's going, exactly what the, i'm saying this here. is the playbook they're they're the they they said that we're going to come into east Palestine, we're going to make east Palestine right we're going to pay for everything they're not doing that because they're concerned with the people of east Palestine or the surrounding communities they're doing that so they can control the narrative and they can release the information the way they want to release it at their pace they're, they're doing, doing this because they care they're doing this to minimize the casualty to their fucking banking accounts. That's the only reason why they're doing. That's exactly why they're doing this. They know that a lawsuit is coming their way. Make no mistake about it. They know exactly what's coming their way because they know they have damned a town and its surrounding fucking areas. They contaminated the water. They contaminated the air and they don't give a shit about any of the people in this, this area. They don't, they give zero, zero, zero shits about anybody in this fucking area. And let me tell you something, my daughter, her boyfriend went down there to try to get some help because, like I said, my wife got them some help through a church, and uh, the idea was to go down there and see if they can get reimbursed so they could give the money back to the church, which they did. However, in order to get this, you know what they decided, they, the, the railway decided to make them do? Any idea? In order to get help. Oh, I think I know where you go with this. Yeah. In order to get help from this railway that came in and just raped this town and the surrounding area, because that's exactly what you doomed everybody in the fucking area. They decided before we help you and we give you funds after you show proof that you, you know, you have this receipt from this place or that place, or you needed, you know, a receipt of gas or a receipt uh, of uh, food, we're going to have you sign off on a W 9 form. I a what? I, a W-9 form. Now a W nine. A W nine form, Jeff. Where they the my daughter doesn't work for Norfolk Southern. Her boyfriend doesn't work for Norfolk Southern. And and for those of you out there, uh this this sequence of events was very curious because uh 
if you guys have listened to our most recent podcast with Brandon White, whether whether you believe in the state national movement or not, it doesn't really matter. What matters is real world examples. Okay, we had just got done doing a great great interview with Brandon. Thank Brandon for uh, coming on, and we hope to have him on again shortly. But I've been looking into that information for a while now, and I'm I'm getting in over and over my head with some of that information. But one of the basic things they talk about, about how they talk about and, and get the public to acquiesce and control them, is they they try to put you in a subservient state. And one of the best ways to be able to put somebody that you're at odds with into a subservient state is to position yourself in a manner where you're an employee or employer, right? Or you're um, a corporation, right? And you're dealing with a subservient, whether it be an employee or in the instance that we talked about, citizen. And your daughter and her boyfriend came into the house and just showed a bunch of papers that they had to do. Right? Who, by the we, way, you know, and we I were I, kind of concerned. I just want to let everybody know my daughter was, uh, she is a heavy asthmatic. Very, very heavy asthmatic. She was hospitalized, intubated for this when she was a child, uh, put into an induced coma. We almost lost her. So the, the underlying health condition there, and like I said, she was less than a mile away from the crash site, you know, just to give people an idea. And these people, they don't, right. they don't know how to deal with that stuff. Right. They, right. They, they, they don't care. My, my little sisters, they live in this town, right? Again, less than a mile away. Uh, it's a, it's a very, very bad situation that there's no, you think that these people come in to help. They don't come in to help. They're not there to help. They want people to sign off. They want to offer people a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, Jeffro. They know this is a low income area. They know what a thousand dollars means to these people, but right, a thousand, right. well, they, want, I mean, they want, they want to give them a thousand dollars to shut up. They want to give them a thousand dollars to keep them from fucking suing. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly, and make no mistake right. about it. And they could say that it's not what it's about. That's exactly what it's about. And, and this is how they're doing it. So we, we go through that whole podcast, and uh, the first form that they pop up that they show us is a W-9 with their Social Security number on it. And the first thing I thought was Norfolk Southern, the way that they're going to try to buy their way out of this is they're going to get these residents of East Palestine be able to register them and create a status that they are employees of Norfolk Southern. And that's exactly what they were trying to do. They're trying to make it to where they can get some sort of tax break by paying these people off. Norfolk Southern was going to get a, a tax break. Uh, they were they're going to manipulate the system. Um, and, and there's even several videos out there where, where a lawyer explains exactly what I realized and what I saw immediately. And so very rare in life does something happen so quickly to reinforce new information that you just learned. And it was, I was, if you remember, Mario, I was, I don't know, I'm probably going to use this word quite a few times because I don't really know what other word to use. I was flabbergasted. I was beside myself. And I said, I can't believe that they were having people sign a W-9. They're not employees. They're victims. And then not to, not to even mention that, but this is – I believe the same lawyer said something along this. 
the, the, the terminology in which they used in giving this stimulus to the citizens, this $1,000, $2,000 stimulus, the term that he, the lawyer used was do not accept these $1,000, $2,000 fees. Fees. Fee. Why would the rail yard be giving the employees a fee? A, a person is charged a fee when they wrong you. And you have to make them whole. Well, why is the rail yard charging East Palestine a fee? And the only thing that I could logically come up with is they were charging the citizens of East Palestine a fee to go ahead and reimburse them for the, uh, you know, derailment and loss of business. And, you know, as I'm getting, I don't want to get too deep into the woods here because I can do that. But just to, just to sort of summarize it in, in the legal speak and, and, uh, the way they do that is they're actually – I don't know how to do it without getting into a whole nother genre here, uh, going back to the state national stuff. But basically, they were going to try to manipulate the system in a manner in which the, empl the employees, their, their head and trust could be accessed. And that is how they're going to end up paying the citizens when there eventually does – have some sort of li liability suit, right? So essentially, whenever I saw that, the whole everything that was coming to my mind was whatever ends up happening here at the end of the day. With, with my limited knowledge, it seems as though Norfolk Southern isn't even going to be paying anything out. Money comes from it's not going to be coming from them. It's not going to be coming from their insurance. It's not going to be coming from any you know anything that you know is, is going to harm them or harm their investors. And they're just trying to get the paperwork because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter in law who's right or wrong. The only thing that matters is the paperwork. And this is just, this is nothing more than a catastrophe turned into a shit show to make financial gain. And let yep. me go a little further into explaining why that is. Uh, one of my first questions was, where's Pete Buttigieg on this, right? The the one person who should be on the front line for this should be Pete Buttigieg, who is the United States Secretary of Transportation. He was appointed by the Obama, uh, not the Obama, the Biden administration, right? Sure, it's not the Obama administration. No, this this guy has. <laughs> Yeah. It only took 11 days, bipartisan criticism and serious health concerns from Mayor Pete to finally respond to the disastrous train derailment in Ohio. Toxic cancer causing chemicals spewing into the air after a 50-car train packed full of hazardous materials veered off the tracks earlier this month. Homes were evacuated and authorities started a controlled burn that set off a massive plume of black smoke. Just days later, people were told it was safe to return to their homes. But now there's disturbing reports of animals dropping dead and people getting sick. Their homes should have been cleaned um, from the you know from the onset. These people were being uh, marginalized in, in an effort to uh, to mitigate this. This is the first time I've been here in a week, and I was here five minutes, and I had a head I have a headache right now, and you can smell it. Anyone who comes here who hasn't been here can smell it. If it's so safe and okay, then why does it hurt? Buttigieg making his first public comment about it last night 
on Twitter. He could have brought it up during an event yesterday, but instead made jokes. We've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um, <laughs> okay. Why are these people of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Okay. All right. So they keep saying it's so safe. It's so safe. So well, why doesn't Buttigieg, who just decided to talk about it almost, what, 13 days, 10, 12 days later, why doesn't he go visit the site so if he's so concerned? It was just a week ago tonight that President Biden gave his State of the Union speech, and a big portion of it was about the forgotten man. Right. And he was talking about labor unions. Really, that's what he was trying to get at. But what about these people? And they really did feel forgotten for a week. And where is FEMA? Right. Why aren't they on the scene right away? The secretary of transportation. Uh, I, I understand having a lighthearted moment at an event, but this is really serious. Um, I had a friend of a friend reach out on Sunday night and say that. Um, that and I think you had it on last night where the fish are turning up dead in the rivers. Well, that should portend that there might be a very serious problem. And so unfortunately for the people there, I think they're in for the long haul here. But because of this attention, Maybe they will be able to get some place safe where they can wait it out to make sure that it is going to be okay to be there because we don't need long-term health effects on top of the fact that their lives were just upended. Well, you know, Greg, in addition to all that, you know, we, we have a recollection of 9-11 when I think it was Christy Todd Whitman came out. She had been the EPA director uh, and then the governor. And everything is safe. Everything is safe. And we saw what happened then. The shame of it is this is in a poor area. It's in a minority area. And nobody's really talking about it until Governor Wine today got up and said it was outrageous. Yeah, you can't blame them because they're busy. Mayor Pete is busy. He's got some pretty big issues that he's dealing with. For example, did you see what he said about construction workers? Yep. That it's really a problem that their skin color doesn't match the diversity of a community. community. And that's really got to upset people. I remember as a kid walking around, and I was very upset whenever I saw a uh, like a minority construction worker. I was like, oh my God, no, they all have to look like me. You know, I had, that was a secondary, that was a primary concern. The, the, all the other things about safety and whether the product was, so that was just, that was not as important. This is the problem with catering to the woke. They don't have time for real problems. So they chase these completely made up ones. A train derails or a plane crashes, but they worry about the white construction worker offending somebody who doesn't exist. I don't believe a single person has ever expressed a problem about a construction worker's skin color, unless it was another skin, another construction worker. But this is the if you want to talk about a, a, a toxic spill. Look at what look at wokeism and what 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 politics is doing to every part of life. I mean, it's injecting race into everything, including our buildings and our infrastructure. Our infrastructure is now racist. You know, Geraldo, there are more than a thousand train derailments a year in this country. And the truth is that I looked into what was on this train. And in addition to the cancer causing hazardous waste that they had, hazardous materials, they also had frozen food. Uh, they had Seminola, which is wheat, uh, and there was no requirement to even notify uh, this, the state that there was hazardous waste. There's a train derailment, several every day, 1,700 in the country every year. The main reason, broken rails. 
Pete Buttigieg is the most disappointing member of President Biden's cabinet. I, I don't mean to make it ad hominem. I don't mean to make an attack on him. But where the hell was he for the baby formula? Where was he for the supply chain uh, disaster? You know, where, where is he when he wanted to be president? Uh, he got accused of racism early on in his career. So now everything is about race, to, to Greg's point. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the, the job of transportation secretary, that's a, that's a hard hat job. He should be where the action is. If the airports are getting all screwed up, he should be at the airport. He should at least symbolically be there to express the concern of the federal government. It is absurd. I live in Cleveland, 80 miles from what you're looking at. Uh, Pittsburgh's 50 miles away. The first thing Erica asked me is, what's the prevailing wind? Is it going to blow this way? We're going to have this time. Final chloride's no joke. It's like World War I yeah. poison gas. You've got to really be very, very careful about it. They, uh, Judge, uh, you know, I, to, to me, he is very, very disappointing. And I hate to say it. Everything is, race matters, but everything is not about race. My brother, Wilfredo, my late brother, was the first Puerto Rican steam fitter in Local One in New York. He put the sprinkler system in the World Trade Center. They were working in the police headquarters uh, when the planes hit the World Trade Center, I know about unions. If the Democrats are serious about integrating construction work and, and related industries, they should go to the Democratic unions right. and they should be the people who are in the vanguard of integration. Uh, you know, and, and to make a fuss about it without any specifics, uh, it just it is so insulting to the people of Ohio, particularly but that black smoke is for real. Mm -hmm. What if you're looking at your own window and yep. you're looking at that yep. Yep. and you're wondering, where's your kid and your frog just died and you fish your belly up? And, you know, it's pathetic. I think yep. that this is really and, and it got too little attention. Judge. And if hazardous chemicals got into the water and killed the fish, how in the world can the EPA say that the water is really safe? And then what are the long term impacts or effects as the water, the tributaries of, of a river continue to go southward? The Ohio River flows through Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Missouri, Louisiana, Georgia. You can't believe what the EPA tells you because industry stacks the EPA with industry hacks. And that's how it's not a bunch of tree huggers at the EPA. It's a bunch of cover up artists. The only reason people cared about the story in the first place, is because animals were dying is our country is so funny. Yeah. You show a picture of dead fish, dead chickens, dead birds. And, dead whales. Oh, my God. Dead whales. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fish are dying. <laughs> Rabbits are dying. And then all of a sudden, judge, they told us to stay inside for a year because of covid, <laughs> because of people that. Most 99% got a runny nose. There's a toxic WMD goes off, and they're like, I go back to work. Yep. They declared a national emergency for monkeypox. Yep. Monkeypox. Go back to work. He doesn't shoot a Chinese spy balloon out of the sky over Montana. He's worried about the debris might hit someone. <laughs> There's a toxic explosion in the state of Ohio. It's fine. Kids are going back to school. Don't worry about it. They have to haul these guys, the EPA. Mayor Pete, the people that run these trains, they splash so much money over these politicians. Yep. I looked at their donations. Every politician in America took money from this train company. They got this whole place wired. So they got to haul them in and they have to be accountable and pay chemical reparations to this entire town or county because everyone's going to have cancer in 20 years. I wonder if Joe had a key to that train. Yeah. <laughs>
The guy talks about trains nonstop. You can't, can't stop talking about trains until one basically goes off the rails and going to kill everybody. Now he's nowhere to be found. And I wonder how many lobbyists were involved in the legislation that says, yo, if you only have this percentage of hazardous waste, you don't have to alert the state that you have hazardous waste. They killed regulations in three straight administrations. Exactly. It's a powerful company. Exactly. This guy has no idea what the hell he's doing. I I could put any one of my children in this guy's position. They could do a better job than this fucking joke, right? I could put any one of my children in the position of Governor Mike DeWine and they do a better job. This guy's a fucking joke. So then you start to wonder, okay, well, where's where's our leader? Where's the leader of our nation who who you know just has to say something or do something about this catastrophe that's happening? This horrible, horrible event that's impacted so many lives. He's too busy giving billions of dollars to uh, uh feeding billions of dollars to a proxy war that he's funding hand over fist with our tax dollars uh and our funds right our money and our he's acting he's he's acting more presidential for ukraine than he is for us exactly so are you you sure he's not the president of ukraine well i don't know there's some sort of circle jerk going on there and uh you know we talked about that that way when we started talking about the ukraine war yeah but then, you know, I hear on it, uh, I, Mike DeWine speak about, well, you know, we didn't really ask for help. We don't feel that it was needed. Uh, you don't know. Yeah, you have to, you have to let me know what, what the hell was going on. Cause from, from out here on the road, from what I heard was there was some sort of a courtesy handshake, uh, offering of, oh, well, we can give you federal subsistence or subsistence or however you say the word. And DeWine was like, ah, oh, yeah, no, we got it. We're good. Right. Is that well, literally what he said? Yeah, that's what that's what happened. The president called me and said, anything you need, uh, I have not called him back uh, after that after that conversation. We, I will not hesitate to do that if we if we're seeing a problem or, or anything, but I'm not seeing it. That's what happened. So, that you know, there was a point when <laughs> it got so much attention. Biden was like, you know what? It, do you need something? And he was like, no, nah, we got it. And it was ended. Right. Wow. So. Once this continues to pick up guests, by this time, you know, you have children going back to school in East Palestine, Ohio. And I had seen a video of uh, there's a local mother who went to school to pick up her daughter and she's vomiting obtusely into this trash can. And during this video, she asks, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? And she goes, no, she goes, she goes, what happened? She goes, I took a drink of water and she goes, you took a drink of water. What do you mean you took a drink of water? She goes, out of the water fountain. They didn't close the water. They told all these people it was fine to go back home. It was fine to drink the water. These little kids go back to school. They got the water fountains open. This little girl drinks from this water fountain. She's vomiting obtusely into this. They this didn't prime the bin. water fountains. They should have no, had the water fountains no. and the water lines you know, running for a little bit to get the, the no. stagnated water that... Oh my goodness! Which doesn't, <laughs> Jeff Rowe, It doesn't matter the chemicals in the water anyway. It really doesn't matter, right? No, no. But it's going to be the hev- It's going to be at its heaviest form. Oh yeah. The water that has been sitting there. So yeah. You would have thought the janitors or somebody would have went around and started priming all the pipes to to try to run off any sort of excesses. Oh my goodness! So no. they just 
they didn't do anything. They just said, go back to school. Uh, go while. back to school. Everything's fine. You can go back and go back to school. Water's okay. Right. People start uh, posting pictures. I know, you know, local people, cause these are people that we grew up with posting pictures of their children coming out of showers and bathtubs with chemical burns all over their body. This is not normal. This is not safe. Can you talk about how old is your son? And obviously it must be extremely uh, concerning when you saw him shaking in the middle of the night and vomiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's, it's so personal. It's very personal. It's, it's very scary. Um, he, yeah, he's nine years old. He's in the third grade. Um, we actually, we were, we were painting his Minecraft Valentine's day box for school, um, before I sent him to bed, um, on the night that it happened. Right after you said that you entered his room and he was shaking. He was projectile vomiting across the floor out of nowhere. Um, he, he was very confused. I mean, uh, like he did wake up out of middle of a sleep. Um, but he, he was shaking. He was begging for water. He said he couldn't breathe. And like I said, he, he did get sick once about an hour later at the hotel. Um, he broke up with some rashes on his skin, but they've since went away, but we have not been back. We have not been even close to the area. Right. Nobody tells them they need to prime the water. If they do need to prime the water, the, uh, the local creeks, the contamination gone down on the Ohio river, you've got all of this stuff that's just all over the place. It's not good. It's 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 ground zero of fucking Chernobyl is what we're talking about here. So right. what Steubenville, happens? Steubenville's, uh didn't Steubenville have a water report saying that they had tested their water and the chemicals were in their water, which is Steubenville, you know, downstream of right. Cincinnati. Steubenville, Cincinnati was another too. state. Yeah, or not? Yeah, another city, Cincinnati. Cincinnati yeah. has uh, contamination safe, right? down there, but it's safe. Yeah, it's it's. Don't worry about it. It's just it's in safe. this local area. So after this happens with this little girl, you know, no, that's, that's all right. After this happens, this little girl and everything, they ask uh, Governor Mike DeWine, Hey, would you go back to East Palestine if that's where you lived? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd go, I'd probably go back home. I'd probably stay inside. I'd probably be drinking bottled water. If you were to live in the area, would you feel comfortable moving back into your home? Look, look, I, I think that I would be drinking the bottled water um, and I would be continuing to uh, um, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. Um, I would be alert and, and concerned, but uh, I think I would probably be back in my house. You're going to say that now after you told everybody it was okay to go home and drink the water. Now you're going to tell them, yeah, you might want to stay indoors and drink bottled water. So what they're doing now is they're telling everybody to change their furnace filters, which, I mean, makes sense, right? Nobody was told to do that before. This has gotten so, this has gotten so big to where you hear it on national news. Now you're hearing it on uh, Fox news. You're hearing it uh, somewhat on MSNBC, CNN, but it gets to the point, Jeffro, where a story like this gets to the point, they start politicizing it. And it's less about what actually is going on and what's happening in the cover up here and more about who is there to help, who's going to do what, which side is going to be compassionate to this area. Now we got to feel bad for the people of East Palestine, Ohio. So after, you know, Biden continues to give billions of dollars to the Ukraine, Pete Buttigieg doesn't show up. Donald Trump says, well, I, 
I'm going to throw my hat into that ring. I'll come there. What he's going to take advantage of this. I'm going to come down there and take advantage. Listen, I'm not right. trying to down talk anybody. I'm not trying to say this or that. Uh, we hear reports of people saying, well, it was the regulations that were rolled back through the the Trump administration. Maybe so. That's fine. Okay. I, I it, It's not a good thing. Shouldn't have happened. But my question was this. Trump comes to East Palestine. My question is, what is he going to do? That's my question. What What's going to happen here? What What is he going to do to help these people? He brings water. Because nobody else was, you know, supplying this this small town with water. And as soon as Trump announces he's going to go into East Palestine, FEMA's like, "Yeah, you know what? We're right behind you. We'll be there now." Uh, yeah, let's yeah. just wait. But uh, which, how long was it before FEMA even showed up? It was a couple of weeks before they ever even showed up. And Red Cross, when they showed up, did they not? They they headquartered right at the high school for the few people that didn't have anywhere to go that was within the mile radius of the incident, and they had them evacuate. But for the most part, I've heard other people talk about incidences like uh, tornadoes or hurricanes. Whenever people would go in to try to help the communities, you would have stations all throughout the community with water and, and medical supplies and people who lost, you know, say their, their um, you know, medication. They can be restocked all throughout the community, whereas it seemed like the Red Cross stayed right at the high school. They didn't go anywhere else. That's where they stayed. They didn't go out into the community at all. And again, FEMA took forever. So to your point, yeah, these, these people fucking did. FEMA, FEMA didn't bother getting involved until after you know Donald Trump said he was going to go to East Palestine. Okay, it, it's it's playing a game now. It's you know whose dick is b- bigger, right? We're playing the bigger dick game here. You know who 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 who's going to wave their their shit around first? Right. And I mean, no disrespect to anybody in this situation, but they, they've lost sight of what the actual focus should be on. It should be focused on the people in the area, starting with East Palestine and then the surrounding areas and the contamination of the air, the contamination of the water. I understand you're trying to help people, but going there, handing out uh, cases of water and you know, buying people mcdonald's or whatever I, I okay so at least you show that you're compassionate enough to show up and be present uh something the secretary of transportation nor the president of the united states now has yet to do the only thing our local governor has done was showed up and uh you know prove that he was completely completely dumbfounded to anything i i i almost question whether or not this guy knows how to speak for himself then you have uh any of them right then you have jd vance jd vance actually comes takes a look at the water he comes he takes a look at the water he says no this is not safe this is what happened here is horrible catastrophic i can appreciate that i can appreciate that there is you know instead of letting this die out and being swept under the rug all of us wait to find out in the next 10 20 years that we all have cancer of some sort due to breathing in these toxic uh, these toxic uh, chemicals and, and things like that through our water and through our airways. The focus should not be taken away from this. So every time I do see no. this on a national news, I'm happy I see it on national news. The only thing that I don't like about it is it becomes so fucking politicized. It's not about the people. It's not about what's doing right. What's right here. And that's holding accountability. 
that's holding accountability and how to fix this problem. What are we going to do for these people? You think anybody who owns a home in East Palestine has property value right now? They have none, no property value. People in the surrounding areas, I'm worried about my property value now because I don't live more than 10 miles away from it. I live about seven or eight miles away. I'm wondering how my property value is going to be impacted now. I'm worried about... It's funny you said the the mileage thing, right? Uh, I want to touch base on two things real quick. First off, whenever you're talking about coverage, right? You talk about the motivation of, of the media doing what it is that they're doing. I came across some information. Uh, the major stockholders in Norfolk Southern, right? Uh, the, the, the people who own the most in, in that conglomerate, right? Because it's not just owned by one person. It's not just one railroad baron like, you know, Vanderbilt like it used to be. It, these are all traded on on stocks, right? Three largest stockholders in Norfolk Southern are the Vanguard Group at 8%. BlackRock at 4.5% and State Street Global Advisor at 4.4%. You know who are the major stockholders in CNN, Fox News, ABC News, NBC News, CBS News? I mean... Vanguard, BlackRock, (laughs) and even um, State Street Global Advisors. Uh, and CNN, Vanguard at 7.4, BlackRock at 4.8, uh, State Street at 4.1, and so on and so forth. I can go ahead and we can share this screenshot that I got this off this video on the uh, Discord and, and on the website. But you see, especially Vanguard and BlackRock, who seems to be the villains that pop up everywhere in the last, what, 10, 15 years. And maybe the reason why some of these news organizations now i will you know fox is owned by vanguard but i will say they at least have been throwing their their hat in the ring i I just wonder if maybe that's a little bit more of a culture war type issue because it seems uh they're a little bit more like you're talking about they're trying to do the political thing with the you know the republican side of things Uh, well jeffro organizations controversy sparks interest right in order to have uh you know a continuing ongoing discussion of something you have to have both sides so it it benefits nobody if everybody agrees go on right right but yeah it it, i I didn't want to throw that in there because uh i didn't want to paint the narrative that vanguard didn't own fox because that's actually the largest percentage right at 13 percent. but the the point still stands if they own four large or five large news organizations and only one news organization is is talking about it, you've got to wonder why the other four are just ignoring the, the scenario, completely ignoring the scenario. No, like, and you got to wonder if it's political, if it's financial. And, and the answer to that is pretty obvious at this point, isn't it? They're doing it to try to cover their own ass, right? They don't want to put any more attention on the citizens of East Palestine than they have to, because if they do, the people who they have to answer to are going to have to answer for this, you know, catastrophic event. Right. So now all the people are being gathered up in East Palestine for a class action lawsuit. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but I mean, class, class action lawsuits can take decades. It could take a long, long time to get anything. I mean, you talk about Aaron Brockovich, which ironically she was in East Palestine 
what was it Thursday or yeah, Friday or something like that. I think it was Friday. She was in East Palestine um, speaking about this. Now you have all of these surrounding attorneys, right? All these surrounding yeah, the attorneys now, right? are trying to get a hold of people in the area, not just in East Palestine, but in Columbiana. They even set up in uh, in our local park, the Firestone Park, where they oh, they really? had people going and talking to them about these things. Listen, if I would advise anybody in the area, if you plan on moving forward with a lawsuit, and I, I fully believe that you should, you have to do it individually. Don't let them drag you into a class action because it's going to take forever. You may not ever see the outcome of that. You may die of cancer before that happens, if, you know, God forbid. Um, and your children may not see the outcome. You know, it may not be to your grandchildren. But uh, the the thing that I want to make very clear to anybody who is wanting to pursue this, and I, I've talked to my wife about pursuing this as well. You hear about all these attorneys coming around. Nobody, no attorney is going to show interest unless there's financial gain for themselves. They're doing this for financial gain. The fees, easily anywhere between 25 to 40%. Now, we're hearing 40% because it's pretty much guaranteed. It's 40%. You hear all these attorneys talking about, well, you know, I'm happy to represent you. What can we do for you? We're, We'll see what we can do for you, and you don't pay and unless we get paid. Well, yeah, you're taking 40 fucking yeah. percent. 40 percent of what? 40 percent of my health being damaged? 40 percent of my property being damaged? 40 percent of everything that I've worked for up to this time? You claim you want to help me, but you want to take 40 percent. Nobody is helping these people. I don't care what attorney out there. And there's many attorneys out there. And I'm not going to name any personally because I'm not going to, you know, jog down that lawsuit road. But uh, none of these attorneys actually care about the people. They see a way to make money. They want to make money. Sure. You know, you could be left with, you know, whatever the amount is after that, after you know, the fees, the costs and everything else, whatever you have left. And it's not even going to come close to what should be done here. There should be no attorneys involved. There should be a radius of impact and a dollar amount to each family within that zone. And that's that, you know, that's my opinion, but that's not going to happen. Why Jeffro? Because you and I talked about, like we talked about with Brandon uh, in the previous podcast episode, they have to make these bonds. When you go to court, you make these bonds, you make the court money, you make the, uh, the prosecutor money, you make the defendant money. Yep. Yeah. Everybody makes money. Yep. Who, who ends up getting fucked in the end anyway? It ends up being the people again, again. Yep. Now that's not saying that I think, well, it's a lost cause and nobody should do anything about it. You should definitely do something about it, but understand what you're getting yourself into. Let these people know, what you know let them know that you can't be uh taken advantage of because that's that's what's going to continue to happen here it's it's going to ha- continue to happen is uh people being taken advantage i was told to change the filter in my furnace and bag it up um which i i am doing i got a fr- i got a filter uh yesterday i got to change it i'm going to take the filter out of my furnace bag it up uh my daughter 
I don't want to say too much here. I don't want, uh, let's just say a water sample was taken because she lives right by one of the creeks. Let's just say a water sample was taken and it's, it's going to get tested and it's not going to be done through a third party, uh, company provided by North, 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 Southern, Southern. It's not going to happen that way. Uh, we're, we're not going to take any of this. We're going to keep evidence and we're going to use it. This is not going away. This isn't going to go away for a long time. Uh, you're going to continue to see different outcomes. Um, at some point, the air will be clean enough. You won't have that smell right now. People are still smelling that, that horrible chemical smell in the air when you go to East Palestine. Hopefully in time, the, the water will be cleaner. Um, I've heard different people in my, in my town that I live in now in Columbiana say, well, you know, that's, that's East Palestine. Columbiana water is fine. Everybody gets their water from the same place. Okay. I don't care who you are. Everybody's water. We're all in the same damn rock here. Okay. If you live in the same state, odds are you get your water from the same damn place for the most part, especially if you live in a small area the way we do. So whether it's a well or whether it's a river or what have you, okay, if you're in that surrounding area and this had happened, your water's contaminated and there's no filtration device. Nobody, I, I've heard so many people say, well, Columbia just redid their water, their water source, their water plant, right? And I, I, I know that because I'm still paying for it in my taxes, but tell me how these people could possibly think well, we need to filtrate vinyl chloride out of the water before any of this happens. Nobody, nobody knew this was going to happen. Well, at least we don't think. But I guarantee you, this 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 water plant was not is not set up to filtrate vinyl chloride out of the fucking water. This, this, you're not going to sell that to me. It's not going to happen. No, there would have been no need to worry about that. Or. And again, you know, I, I want to keep going back to this because I don't want the narrative just to get caught up in the fact that it's just vinyl chloride. Um, right. Vinyl chloride does turn into phosphine after it's burned. So I, what I would like to know, I would like a chemist somewhere to pop up and say, okay, well, when you have these different chemicals combined, it creates a new chemical, right? I, I would like to know what chemicals might have been uh, result of some of these burnings, not just the ones that were on the train cars, because I, I think I think that's a narrative that's really important because we need to know whether or not the change in, in you know, the chemical compound or the chemical makeup of these, if, if they made even more dangerous chemicals, all the while we're sitting around and debating and having the discussion. Well, we got to worry about the half life or what, what's the half life? Or the you know basically the the life of vinyl chlorine or vinyl chlorine in in the environment. What's what's the life expectancy of the debuterol or whatever all this? Because that may be a, that may be a discussion that's not even important, right? The real discussion is whenever you combine all these chemicals, you come up with fucking I don't know monster chloride. How long does monster chloride survive in in the atmosphere? Oh, you know, two hundred years, right? I know that's maybe my own battle that I'm trying to get resolved, but I think it's an important question. Okay, it's not just vinyl chloride; it's the phosgene. It's the it's and, and really right now that's the only chemical that we know that 
we're being told, you know, is a byproduct of burning this stuff. What are the other byproducts when this stuff is burned? What does it turn into? Why is no one telling us, you know, well, it turns into this or it turns into that, you know, because they may be more damaging chemicals that no one wants to discuss. And they're just flying underneath the umbrella of, oh, well, it's just vinyl chlorine. It's just this. It's just that. Well, what else becomes a byproduct of this stuff? And not only that, just to accentuate your point, I've, I've had discussions with family members, uh, close family members that are, are wanting to just ignore this issue. Right? I shared a photo that a friend of ours sent to me um, taken by a plane whenever this plume went up into the sky, this, this, for lack of a better term, a mushroom cloud when they started burning this stuff. And that's and what it above, was. Yeah, that's what it was. Above the cloud space, right? Because obviously probably, they probably told the planes not, you know, you know elevate up to 45,000 or 40,000 feet or whatever because planes usually go about 30,000 feet. There was a photo taken. And this photo, first off, 30,000 feet, which is what normally what planes fly at, it's what, six miles, five and a half miles, something along there. Yeah. If it's 5,280 5, feet, 528 people. Um, a little plant, but 5,280 feet is a mile. Uh, so we're talking about what, about six miles high? And then it plumes out like an umbrella? So that, that plume, or, or, or if you, you imagine the mushroom cloud in the, in the shape of an umbrella, how large was that? That had to have a circumference of at least, I'm going to be conservative here, you know, 15 to 20 miles, right? And then when that stuff does come down, regardless of which way the wind is blowing, that, that all that material is coming straight back down, right? Or at least a lot of it is. Over and crops. whenever you have people yeah. over over the entire area. So whenever you have the discussion that I had with my family and, you know, I'm, I'm about 16, 17 miles away from where the train derailment happened. I keep trying to drive home to them. Yes. If I go from my house, Google phones, right. Or Google maps or Apple maps or whatever it is that you use, go, this is my location to the train derailment. It's, it says like 16.9 or 17.2 miles, something like that. That's if you've got to go to the street corner, make a left, go down to the street, go around this bend, go down this hill, go up this hill. It's 17.2 miles. But that plume wasn't, you know, having to navigate roads and stop signs and stoplights. So it's the distance from my house to the site is not 17.2 miles. It's a straight line as the crow flies. And whenever you do that, it's like nine miles. And this is something that I've discussed with you and, and, and your wife. You know, she, she came back and mentioned that it was X amount of miles. I forget what it was. And I looked at her and I go, no, you're much closer than you even realize because that's right. what it says on your phone whenever you're trying to navigate to East Palestine. You can't use that as your distance travel. you got to use as the crow flies from where you live to the site. So I, I try to explain that argument to people back home because so many people in Salem think, oh, we're outside of the blast area. We're outside of ground zero. We're outside of where the event happened. No, we're not. We're, we're within 12 to 15 miles 
as the crow flies, as, as a straight line on a map, because that material shot straight up in the air, created a plume like an umbrella, and everything that laid or, or sustained up underneath that umbrella is going to have some effect. Now, East Palestine, this town itself, obviously, being you know the origin point, is going to have the, the largest condensed, the largest amount of material that drops down on it. But the argument of, well, this isn't that bad, you know, it's going to, it's going to filter throughout the, the environment. So, you know, some of the outside surrounding communities isn't going to have an issue. We're talking about these heavy chemicals that get into your body. It's the accumulation of these heavy chemicals. So today, if you get 0.0001 of whatever the chemical is in your system, it's not deadly. It's not going to cause anything. It's not going to cause issue, any, any issues. But tomorrow, you're going to get another 0.0001, whatever the number is, that's going to accumulate because you didn't have time to filter out you contracted the day before, right? And then so on and so forth. So there's going to, there's going to eventually be an accumulation point where it does become a problem. And if you're somebody who's already having toxins in your body and say you haven't developed cancer, but un unbeknownst to you, you're, you're going to – going to develop cancer within the next year or two come in contact with this material what happens if this accelerates certain things like i i think there's a grander scheme of of toxicity that we have to talk about that no one's talking about everybody wants to say well it's it's not that bad it's you know the levels are so low it shouldn't affect you but no, there's going I would, to be a lot of people this affects without even realizing. This is a lot worse than what they're leading up to be. They're, this is a lot worse than what they're telling people. This is a lot worse than what uh, you know mainstream media is covering. The the bigger, like I said, the, the biggest thing that alarms me now is the continuing fallout of the years to come. What's going to happen here? Uh, one thing I can say for certain. And I will definitely stand by this is you're going to see a huge increase in cancerous rates in the surrounding area. That's East Palestine, New Waterford, Columbiana, Springfield, you know, any, any community, Negley. I'm going to say 30 mile radius Salem. at least. Right. Yeah. Which is all of Columbiana County. Result pretty much all. And Selma pretty, Honey pretty sure, too. Pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that is one thing you can count on. Uh, another thing you can count on happening is the plummet of property value. That is also going to happen. Um, I, I feel bad for anybody who lives in the surrounding area and is pregnant because that was another thing that they had mentioned. You know, pregnancy deformities is going to be something else to keep an eye out for. This is so, so bad. There's a reason why when this happened, that the Chinese said, oh, it's America's Chernobyl. It's the United States Chernobyl. That's exactly what it was. They basically took a town and they they nuked it, especially when they decided to do a quote-unquote controlled burn, which is complete bullshit. Now, was that the right way to do it or not? I don't know. I would think that my would be tried to find a way to exterminate it, maybe smother it. You know, smother the flame in some way. I, I don't know, Jeffro. I don't know. I'm I'm not a firefighter. I don't know exactly how this works. I'm not going to pretend to know. But to give it a label of a control burn, come on. 
it's it's just another way to try to escape uh, legal responsibility of what actually happened here. Unfortunately, well, let's make nothing no about it. This was uh, this was also something that had been warned by the rail workers and something that was going on during last fall. They were saying they were overworked, underutilized, understaffed. Because if I'm the not tri- mistaken, there was three people on this plane, on this train, right? A conductor, a trainee, and, a, and another a conductor. And this train was so long that normally they have more personnel and they have a caboose. Uh, they, they have a, a engine car at the end of trains. You know, you so often see uh, train engines at the front and end and at the backside whenever we were growing up. Nowadays, you never see that. Right. You don't ever see a train on the back end and it's because of the reduction in, in personnel and if they were they, if they had proper personnel they could have possibly seen the fire and well i think a lot of the regulations to, were pulled back too a lot of the regulations yes, were they pulled were. back one of the things that uh you know when we were talking about the people going to uh local local area where they had set up to refund people for, you know, receipts they may take it for, for food or gas or anything, um, you know, where they have them sign the W nine in order to get help. So, and where they're offering people a thousand dollars to keep their mouth shut, the people running this, it's not, it's not Norfolk Southern directly employees. They're, they're, law people they're they're attorneys for norfolk southern that are going to these places and issuing you know refund checks for anybody who's spending money who wants uh, a refund check for a receipt or, or something like that my daughter is her and her boyfriend are currently without a home right now uh, as much as they say go back it's safe i told her no i said you have a huge underlying health condition you have no business being back in that area one uh two nobody in my mind should be in that area nobody should be in that area that town should be shut down right now nothing should be passing through nobody should be doing anything it is not safe to be there however you have families like i said it's a low-income area they don't have a choice they have no options and the people who do have some income there that, that are property owners that do have some land, they're left without now too. Because now what they've worked so hard for and everything that they put their life into is worth nothing. Nobody is going, you're not going to hear anybody say, hey, you know what? You know where's a good place to live right now? East Palestine, Ohio. Well, didn't they just have that uh, chemical nuclear fallout? Yeah, but you know what? Everybody said it's safe, and you know you only have developed some skin rashes, some bleeding, some slight irritation. Uh, you know, other than that, it's fine. You know, it's it's a deal, it's a bargain. No, nobody is going to say that. None of that's going to happen. It's, this is nothing but negativity coming out of this, and people trying to run away from the responsibility of handling this thing the right way. You have no political. No political candidates willing to do their fucking job. Surprise, surprise, right? People who are supposed to take charge here, they, they, they're not doing anything. And I think I, I almost feel bad for the mayor of East Palestine because this poor guy, he's getting criticized for his attire. Fuck the attire, right? This guy's he, he's completely dumbfounded. 
who's who is set up and ready to deal with something like this and when something like this happens you want to look to you know the upper political class to come down and say hey listen you know we're going to help you your governor of your state you know should come down and say listen we're we're going to get you help not deny the fucking help right not tell the president of the united states you know what we're fine don't worry about it why because that's what the the railway company told you and you bought into it you dumb bastard i mean come on where's the fucking backbone of these people nobody knows why, why what are they the even hell discussing doing. why are they even discussing trent's attire I, I went to school with Trey. He played on the same football team with me in seventh and eighth grade. Uh, we're in the same class, yeah. and they're 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 discussing his attire and not his citizens or his uh, not his citizens, but he wins. Like, what? Who cares if he's running out in a muumu? Who gives a shit? Gives a shit. That's that's not the issue that at hand. The issue at hand is getting assistance to these people. What? What? That that seems like it's just another. That's ridiculous to me. What's it doesn't matter what he wears. I'll say this. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to jump on any political bandwagon, okay? I'm really not. Uh so many people, you know, both I don't care which side you you know you advocate for or any side, anybody could have jumped up and said, you know what, I'm gonna go there because these people need attention. Anybody had that opportunity. The first person I seen of a political party, you know, who didn't make shit worse. And, you know, I'll, I'll say that about DeWine, who's a Republican, went there, made things worse, in my opinion, just took the word of Norfolk Southern and raped the town. J.D. Vance come in and said, oh, this is not right. This isn't this is not how this is supposed to be. Uh, shortly after that, you know, you're waiting to hear, okay, at some point we're going to hear from Pete Buttigieg again. No, nothing. You hear nothing. At some point you think, okay, Governor DeWine's going to come back. Right. You think Governor DeWine's going to come back and say, oh, well, you know what? You know, maybe we were given some false information, whatever. You know, obviously nobody likes to admit with a wrong, especially a politician. That's not going to happen. At some point you think the president of your United States is going to come and say, oh, or whatever the fuck he mumbles. You know, at least show up. No, that doesn't happen. You get the orange man. He says, you know what? I'll grab the bull by the balls. Here we go. And as soon as he does that, everybody wants to jump on that bandwagon. FEMA says, oh, you know what? We'll go. Now Pete Buttigieg says, oh, you know what? Maybe I should go. Now? Now? Why? If if this guy doesn't show his interest, these political parties are, are so in bed with each other and they're so... I say this about a lot of people that I talk to anytime I try to have a discussion about anything involving a political edge. The left would be lost without Trump. They would be fucking lost without Trump. It's it's a sickness. And I know I hear a lot of them say, oh, well, you're, you know, you're in a cult. This is you're a Trumpster. You're in a cult. Why? Are, nobody was talking about this. I wasn't talking about I, I don't talk about Trump like I got to be on the guy's nuts all the time. And I'm not trying to be. Do I think he went there and made anything better? Eh, not really. How can you? The help that I'm looking well, like for. You said, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. No, sorry. No, no, you're right. No, I was just going to say the, the biggest thing that Trump did was just bring attention to it. 
Like, right. People would look at what he did was, oh, well, he just brought McDonald's. He just brought water. Well, no, like, like you're saying with this whole political football, they, they are not willing to make their own choices and, and decisions when it comes to doing things for the people. But Trump, just by showing up alone, forced there to be an action on the opposite side of the, the aisle. So the biggest thing he did wasn't bring the water. The biggest thing he did wasn't, you know, bring McDonald's. The biggest thing he did was just be there. And yeah. we talk about that with the Dr. Emoto water, you know, sometimes just just putting the attention on something itself and not ignoring it. Because remember, it was the water that was ignored that putrefied. Right. <laughs> if, if you ignore the issue, that's what's that's what's going to happen. Just being there was more than anybody else had shown. I, I but you know what? I go back to this. I don't think I think the only thing that is really going to help happen in this situation is very good, very hard legal representation. Let's let's hold and make this company accountable to every extent possible. This town needs to be rebuilt and it needs to be rebuilt on Norfolk Southern's dime. The, the, the area needs to be cleaned and needs to be cleaned thoroughly on Norfolk Southern's dime. Future health. I would say anybody within a 30 mile radius needs to have free health care on Norfolk Southern's dime for the rest of their lives. If you're alive right now, you should have free health care through Norfolk Southern. Now, the only thing that worries about me about that now is they're, you know, they'll get their, their doctors involved and tell you everything's fine, but it's the accountability that that drags me to the conclusion, right? You can go there with as much water as possible. You can go there with as much, uh, you know, McDonald's or food or whatever and show people that you care. Yes, the attention is a huge point, and I agree with you there. But what's going to happen when this die down, dies down, people don't talk about it as much, and people are left to just, uh, you know, wither away in their own deteriorating community now what is going to happen they're going to be forgotten that's that's my worry because you see it happen time and time again in all of these different areas these things happen this isn't the first train derailment this isn't the first catastrophe maybe one to this caliber yeah but what happens these people get forgotten that's my biggest worry is the people being forgotten and left to die. I, I don't know, brother. I agree with you. It, it's a lot of people were talking about on the, at the national media scale. You know who's who's showing up. Who's who's going to do this? Who's going to go there? And I, I think you kind of nailed it on the head there, brother. Not about who's going to show up and look for. We don't care who it is. People need help, and they don't need help in in weeks. They don't need help in a month. They don't need help. Need help now. And they need somebody to go down there. They need uh, there's all kinds of technologies out there, right? That are, are trying to clean up the environment. You know, wh where's environmentalists, right? Where are the environmentalists going down there and saying, "Well, we need to do this, and we need to," you know, I, I don't know, man. It's become such a circus, Jeffro, that Saturday Night Live did a skit on the uh, 
on Trump going to East Palestine this past Saturday. Well, that that's, that shows the format of that show is supposed to be chuckles, right? Uh, what's so funny about East Palestine scenario? It's it's not funny. It's not funny at all. But they took it, ran with a political angle, and like I said, the the. the Trump is a wet dream to these people, you know. They know that there's really what? nothing. They he said can that do. on Saturday Night Live. No, they didn't say that on a Saturday. That's what I'm saying. But that he is a wet dream to these people because I mean Saturday Night Live is you know predominantly left narrative. So well, why the aren't angle, they discussing the issue that Biden didn't go and he went to Ukraine and said, "Wouldn't that be well, a no. funnier angle?" You would think so, right? Well, I mean, there is somewhat of an angle. You know what? I'm going to find a clip and I'm going to play it here. You're watching C-SPAN. Up next, former President Trump addresses residents of East Palestine, Ohio, following this month's train derailment. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's wonderful to be here in the town of East Palestine. Not a great name. But uh, I had to come here and see these wonderful people who have been abandoned by Biden. He's on spring break in Ukraine with his friend Zelensky in the T-shirt. Very disrespectful. <laughs> Zelensky thinks he's rocking that ring of tea like Scott Pilgrim. But I'm here and I brought hats, cameras and hats, because it's terrible what's happening here. You know, earlier today, a farmer came up to me, big fella, and he said, Sir... We have nothing to eat because our dirt is poison. And I said, well, what are you doing eating the dirt? Don't eat the dirt, folks. Don't eat the dirt. You should be eating the cold McDonald's I brought you. And the bottled water, Trump ice. I'll be honest, I just put my sticker on some Dasani. We like to say Dasani. I've heard all about your situation with the water, but I was looking at your river and it's so shiny. I've never seen water so beautiful. Beautiful rainbows and discolorations. It's great. It's wearing makeup. Fenty beauty water. Fenty by Rihanna. Rihanna, by the way, you know, she was pregnant doing Super Bowl. Can you believe that? I said, of course she is. She's not moving at all. It was just arms, right? She was just doing arms the whole time. But your train exploded and who do we blame? Who do we blame? We blame Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. This was his responsibility. Unfortunately, he was too busy being a nerd and being gay to <laughs> dealt with the very much more important issue of should drains have big poison? And I have to tell you, I call him Pete Butt. I call him Pete Butt. There's no way around it. That's just the best one. Believe me, I've tried it every which way, and it really doesn't get better than Pete Butt. But this would have never happened under my administration. People are saying I made the trains less safe. Not true, okay? Not true. I did a lot for trains. I made them bigger, faster, less safe, perhaps. But I'm here paying my respects because your train exploded, and now your birds and fish are all dead. That's got to not be so great to... Wake up in the morning and not hear the beautiful chirping of birds and instead hear trains exploding and derailing all over the place. Your town is hurting, that's why you need me. I feel like I could Schitt's Creek this place, right? But I need the big eyebrows, right? That guy Schitt's Creek, he's got big eyebrows. 
You watch Shit's Creek? No, you guys watch Yellowstone, right? The Duttons. Anyway, I have a very I have very special surprise guest for you today. You've seen her blabbing all over TV this week. It's the foreman of the Georgia Grand Jury investigating me, Miss Emily Coors. Oh, my God. This is so cool. First Giuliani, and now you. Good day, <laughs> She's an odd duck, but we like her. She's either seven or 40. We can't tell. And she's got a very big secret for such a kooky little lady. Potentially. I might. I don't know. Wow, we don't like that. We don't like that sound. Because she knows if I'm getting indicted. <laughs> She's a head jerk, can you believe that? They elected her. They'll elect anyone. I started that. So, come on, spill the tea, come on. Nope. You just want me to ruin the case. But I guess I can say, um, we've been saying your name a lot. <laughs> can you believe that? They almost had me, and then this little horse girl comes in and saves the day. Thank you, Emily. Fair the world. Oh, wow. Do we like her or what, right? She looks like Haley Joel Osment, and she's my best friend. Well, I'm going to get out of here soon because the air is full of poison. But, you know, everyone in Ohio has asked me, what do I do now? There's poison gas in the air. Could be a good thing, right? I know some of the husbands are happy to have the... And the stinky gas is an excuse, right? Honey, did you pass gas? No, it was the train, right? Blame the train, right? You'd normally blame it on the dog, but they're all dead now, aren't they? So, in conclusion, Shit's Creek, Rihanna, Pete Butt, and live from New York, it's Saturday night! There you go. I, it's just... They've taken something, and how do you dilute it? How do you dilute such a serious, serious thing happening? Well, you, they politicized it, and they've made a mockery of it now. And like I said, here we go, down to a dwindle of forgottenness. Right, that's so you're saying this, it, it's already starting to deteriorate as far as yes. uh, it, it's already starting to, the news cycle's already starting to turn, and, it, it, you know, I see what you're saying. That and you know what? That's, that's part of the reason why. Part of the reason why we've it's taken a you know a couple of weeks for us to come out and, and do something. You know, obviously schedules conflict, but also you, you've been dealing with stuff with your family. I've been dealing with some stuff with my family. Um, I'm I myself have and maybe considering drastic actions. Um, well, I mean, it's even gotten to the point, Jeff, where you and I were crazy. talking about it. Right. You and I were talking about it and I, I <laughs> we get into some heated, you know, discussions sometimes as, as people do, right. The, the good thing about you and I brother is that we we're able to talk about these things, try not to let our emotions get the best of us and, you know, hear each other out. More recently, that didn't really happen with me. I let my emotions get the best of me because I've been dealing with this with my daughter, with my wife and everything that we're seeing firsthand, all, all, all of my friends, in East Palestine and, and family. I've got sisters, like I said, I've got sisters there as well. Um, 
to the point where, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, exit strategies and you said to me, you know, Mario, what's your exit strategy? And I said, I really don't have one. I don't have one. I'm not in a position to have an exit strategy right now. And, um, you know, you, 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 you got a little emotionally said, you know, everybody should have an exit strategy. Everybody needs to leave that place. And I agree 100%. And, uh, you know, and, and I didn't mean to, but I did kind of come back at you and say, well, you know, I saw you know, there was a video of a woman who has three children. She's a single mother. She has no vehicle. She lives in East Palestine. She's got nowhere to go. Her water looks like shit. Her kids was one of the pictures of the uh, chemical burns is from one of her kids, uh, you know, due to the, uh, the water, you know, just red, red rashes, you know, again, you know, kind of like with my wife's dealing, was dealing with on her, on her eyelids. She still has it by the way. But, uh, and you just kind of like, we were talking and the emotions got high and you just said, I'm sorry, brother. You know, I, I wasn't, uh, I understand what you mean. And, you know, I got to think about these things. And, and then I had to calm myself down and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm dealing with it too, but this is what they do. You know, this, this is how these things happen. This is when a catastrophe happens and you're looking for help from those, especially those who cause the catastrophe. And the only thing they're thinking about is how they can make money off your back. It's sickening and it, it can, emotions can run high. And, uh, you know, that's, it's horrible. If, if you can get out of there, if anybody, I would say in a 30, at least a 30 mile radius, if you can get the hell out of the area, get the hell out of the area. That's my advice to you. Um, don't wait around to see what's going to happen in the next five, 10, 20 years. Don't, if you are able to, if you do, that's, it's too late then. Right. And you're absolutely right there, Jeff Rowe. If, if you have the means and you're able to do it comfortably, get up and leave, do that. That's my advice to you. Nothing good is going to come out of this. This is just going to get worse and less people are going to talk about it and you're going to be forgotten. All these people are going to be forgotten. We're not going to forget them. We're going to, we're going to try to do some updates and talk about this issue as much as possible. Obviously, you know, we're in the middle of the story, but yeah, during, during that exchange, I was just, the thing that keeps throttling my mind is the reason why I'm thinking we, you know, anybody who can't needs to do extra strategies because I hear all these stories and, and these people saying, oh, well, the water is fine. The water is fine. The water is fine. The air is fine. The soil is fine. And you know, and I know we, we've covered enough stories um, where the government has, has hidden information. And then after 75 years, they come out and say, oh, we're sorry. We, you know, we were wrong. We, we didn't know the ramifications of, of everything, every, every little detail. So, you know, and, and then I understand people went Norfolk Southern to, to write the town and clean the town and, you know, they're they're going to do the bare minimum. They're going to say, oh, well, we did this and we did that. And they're going to say it's safe. And I, I just I don't trust corporations. I don't trust the, the common narrative because you've seen it too often where uh, if, if it's going to detriment a company financially, they're going to do everything they can to hide as much information as possible. They're not going to disclose everything. And, and my mindset was. Well, regardless of whether Norfolk Southern comes in and says they're going to do right by everybody, regardless of what politicians come in, left or right, they're going to say, well, we're going to stand here with the city of East Palestine and their surrounding areas and make sure everybody's okay. All of that stuff is just hot air. I don't believe any of it. And I was just 
it, it didn't really matter to me. I was like, anybody who has the ability just needs to needs to go. And it's not right. about fleeing, you know, because I've had this discussion um, before, you know, um, it's not. Some people would look at that action and be like, oh, well, you're a coward. You're fleeing. You're 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 leaving your community. You know, you're running away from the problem. And, and my whole point is. If if this was like a Red Dawn scenario where somebody was invading your town, yeah, don't flee. You know, stand and you know, protect your land and stuff. Yeah. That's like so seeing a nuke coming for your town. Right, but you're 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 trying to fight a, a an enemy, or you're, you're you're for the lack of a better term, you're standing on the tracks and watching a train crown come right at you, think you're going to stop it. Well, it's it's like chemical you, warfare, how do you, buddy. How do you, yeah, how do you combat something that you can't see? So it, my assessment was just if you can get out, get the hell out. Right. No, that's that's it. I mean, you're absolutely right there. If you can get out, get the hell out. The sad part is, like I said, you know, this this area, it's a very, very low income area. Many, many, the vast majority of the population here, they can't. They there's nothing they can do. Yeah. I, what what else do you do? I I will say this, if you know, they they're getting water now that you know that's one thing that uh you know Trump did do and Amazon they got together and you know Trump brought water and Amazon brought uh a truckload of water, you know, much much needed water for the area. So, you know, God bless whoever did supply and I I don't care what political side you're on or left or right, if you, if you help these people out, you're doing the right thing ignoring them that's the worst thing you can do so if you're if you're just ignoring it because you don't know how to handle it because because this isn't the area of your constituents fuck you and i'll look at any political figure right in the face and i will tell them personally fuck you you despicable disgusting piece of shit I have nothing nice to say for these people whatsoever. Nothing at all. I'll be honest with you, Jeffrey. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, like I said, you know, my daughter, she's her and her boyfriend are staying with her boyfriend's parents right now. I don't know how long that's going to last. She can't go back. She's, she just recently had a blood transfusion. I don't know if I told you that she, she was, she had to get blood. She was low in blood. This kid's got some serious health health issues, you know, and you know we, we've been trying to help her as much as we possibly can. It's crazy, man. And now, you know, my wife's got her eyelids, and you know, she, like I said, she come home, she was coughing up blood, and you know, and like I told them, you see, once you breathe that stuff in, it's in your system. You can't cough it up, hack it up, and you know, piss it out later, and it's it's going to go away. It's it's in your system now. It's that that's that stuff is in your lungs. There's a reason why you have headaches. There's a reason why people in the surrounding area have headaches, why they're vomiting, why their skin is turning red. There's a reason for this. And it's not because it's safe. It's not safe. There's a whole narrative that it's safe. Go back uh, to this point. You know, I, I'm, I've been on the road and I was home for a short period of time. And I'll be honest with you. I will. I, I was afraid to take a shower. I I rinsed myself off with a uh, bottle of water after I got out of the shower. You know, it's just. 
listen, it's not safe, it's not. especially down in East Palestine where, you know, the, the origin of it all happened. Um, and I, I would be very concerned for people, uh, especially downwind, but even if you're not downwind, you know, you know, west of the, where we are, it, it's, listen, not a good situation. And no. people just ignoring it and hoping it doesn't, you know, doesn't you know, materialize into a scenario. You know, it, this is a reference that, you know, I, I say quite often on the podcast. It seems it's just people are acting like ostriches and they want to bury their head in the sand and cross their fingers and be like, oh, it's okay. And you can't do that. You can't do that and expect positive results. We we could even talk about, and I think we should, since the podcast is conspiracy theories. You know, let's let's go into a little small segment of this where the conspiracy theory side comes in. You have people start to talk about um, the movie White Noise that was on Netflix about a train derailment oh, in Ohio, Lord. where it was spilling chemicals. I didn't even learn about this until after. Oh my god! Where some of the people Sorry, of East Palestine, some of the people of East Palestine were used as extras on this movie. Uh, this was, I think this was done in 21, 2021. It was done. Do you know where it was filmed? Many different areas, but East Palestine was one of those areas. Was it not? Right. And and there was a section of the rail line where I live, where that train, when it went by, when it was on flames. Yeah. Uh, from that closed circuit television, it was filmed right there. Matter of fact, the, the bypass that goes right past my house was closed. And I, I couldn't get home one day. I was like, what the hell is this? And they said, oh, well, they just got the road closed. And I come to find out it was because they were filming some of the movie White Noise right there, literally hundreds of feet from my house. So, yeah, they, they filmed um, that, that movie all over the area. And, and I'm not going to advocate for this movie whatsoever. It did, you know, controversy sparks interest again, you know. So my daughter and I sat down and. We tried watching this movie. I did not find it entertaining at all. As a matter of fact, it got really weird and and unwatchable, to my opinion. Um, but uh, another another conspiracy that I did hear of, you know, you start to hear about uh, Bill Gates buying up all this different farmland. And how do you buy up farmland? Well, if you destroy the area, you can get it for a fraction of the cost too. So uh, it would be very interesting to see if he decides to put his hands on some of this different farmland in the surrounding areas when all these crops start to be infected by these different chemicals we'll say uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on again it's right now so you know these things are theories it's worth noting uh, ahead of time to maybe keep an eye on maybe it happens that way maybe it doesn't but uh hell who who would be surprised at this point right listen they've been trying to shoot down ufos for the last couple of weeks too. So just for four hundred thousand dollars to shoot down a fucking balloon. Four hundred thousand dollars to shoot down a balloon, but you couldn't give that four hundred thousand dollars to a, a town that you know is suffering. Come on. <laughs> I mean, who there's a lot of people uh you were talking about conspiracy, a lot of people were talking about how that was a deflection method, right? They're trying right. to deviate everybody's attention away from the train. You know derailment they was they wanted everybody to you know look over there you know you first started the podcast you said you know be careful what's going on in one hand they're wanting you to pay attention in the other exactly 
classic classic right it's a classic tactic to uh control the narrative and, and keep people's attention where you want it to be held at yeah um you know jeffrey i don't know uh if there's any more we can say on this right now i'm sure there will be in the future and i'm sure we will dabble back into it uh from time to time the more we learn i do i want to give a shout out to all the all of our listeners and you know since this started happening i asked the people on our discord that follow the podcast and our dead are on our discord you know if they would like to hear what's going on and you know the 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 emotional sentiment that i got from these guys just you know it it, it hits it hits home and uh you know we love you guys and i want to thank everybody for being concerned um you know it's it's hard to expect people to be concerned when so many so many people are trying to cover up some of these things so you don't know what's going on i will say this if you are listening to this right now the the only thing that you really can do if you want to help don't let the story die don't let these people become victims and nothing more you know they're already victims but uh i just don't want to see these people being forgotten i, I really don't I, i'd like to see something be done here whatever that is i don't know i don't know what's going to be done i don't know what could possibly be done it's such a horrific thing to happen you know like i said the small town is destroyed people's homes are destroyed their values down their health is in question it's you know little kids live in these neighborhoods it's such a bad bad scenario but here we are it's my hometown your hometown jeff Rowe. it it hits the heart does it not i i would even accentuate your point hey not only let's not only not make people forget but let's inform people yeah my personal experience i've been emporia kansas i've been to um oklahoma i've been to kansas city i've been to uh, effingham illinois all the way down to uh northern georgia north carolina virginia all over the last three weeks four weeks and every time i run into somebody a cashier or or another trucker or striking up conversation. I've not once when interacting with somebody come across somebody who knew it was even happening. So I, I would go one step further, Mario and, and for our listeners and, and anybody who might come across this episode, not only let's not forget them, let's spread the story. Because you and I, we're so wrapped up in this because it is such a local issue. And we we can't even fathom the idea that this isn't national news, that unless you've, you've caught a couple segments on, on Tucker or, or uh, you know, Gutfelder or some of those, you know, Fox shows, most people don't even know this is going on. Yeah. If you were to pull all Americans, I, I, I would close to venturing and say there's probably 60 65 percent of america that doesn't even know the story and i would even say one even of the on reasons one of the reasons why fox took off with this is because their right narrative and the left completely dropped the ball on it and you know, not to not to feed into the more political aspect of, of it even more because it's not really about 
you know, who's going to do what. And that's, you know, it's a pissing contest. It always is. But um, the only only thing that's happening here is a pissing contest. Yeah. But the only thing that's happening is right. They, the they don't people really being care about on. the issue necessarily either. Right. Yeah. They don't care about the ne- issue necessarily either. It's just that right. CNN doesn't care about it. So all of a sudden they have to care about it. Exactly. You know, exactly. Side. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, right, it, Jeff, it's, it's a, a feather in their cap, right? It's exactly what it is, buddy. Um, I think we're going to wrap this one up here because I, all right, this topic, yeah. I, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, I really no, and and you know, uh, I, I know most of our listeners uh, enjoy coming to us because we we come up with stats and things that you know most people come across don't come across, and, and other you know theories and things like that. And this was more of a, a therapy session for you and I. Uh, we didn't come with a whole lot of stats for you guys, but we we thought it was a little bit more important on this episode to to give you know eyewitness account of ground floor sort of exactly and and personal sort of experiences more so you dealing with it being home and and less of me but you know um man it's it's a very weird 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 thing i'm i'm so entangled with with the issue but i also feel so distant not being home and uh, i i feel almost hopeless and helpless because i there's nothing I can do and just not only don't forget about the story, but let's spread the story. Well, yeah, definitely spread the story. Um, yeah. I mean, these people need help. I, I like you, Mario. I'm lost for words. I don't even know what else to say. Really? That's really it's it, buddy. Infuriating. That's really it. Well, instead of staggering over ourselves even more, um, yeah. What do you think? Uh, maybe, maybe we have a Until better then. topic. Until then, right? Until then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Until then.